And just like a red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship. Pause button. I need to actually like change into the right one. And just like a red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship, we are back to Salt of the Streets podcast. This is Saturday, December 12th, 129 p.m., episode 99. Welcome back, everybody, to the Salt the Streets podcast, your one and only source for social and political commentary and all the weekly news, pop culture, and sports that you can handle. And the best part about the whole deal, it's all built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. So come down and join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and continue our endless endeavor to bridge the gap between people and information. As always, we are your hosts. I am Colin. I'm Donovan. And coming up on this week's show, we've got lots and lots to talk about. Um... One of the main focuses is going to be school debt relief, possibilities of, especially with the um, all but certain incoming new administration at this point. Um, so we're going to take a look at some of those. We're going to have some philosophical conversations about what the implications might or might not be. Deep. And what else we got on the docket? There's like Hunter Biden. Chinese okay spies. About. That's right. Chinese Texas spies. lawsuit, like oh, a little yeah. bit. Um, a little bit. There was a Texas lawsuit. Hunter Biden. I'm talking about Hunter Biden because we can actually talk about it now without getting taken down or banned from any type of social media. Now so. that it's been deemed okay by our, how do I put it, our tech overlords. Tech overlords. Moralistic betters. Tech overlords. Mm-hmm. Some motherfuckers. And AOSD is still selling $60 sweatshirts. Hashtag Isn't capitalism that... always woke. Always woke. Yeah, capitalism always woke. Yeah. Isn't works. that wild that we want to make sure that everybody has equal access to everything? are $60. Yeah. Our sweatshirts aren't even $60. I'll sell you a sweatshirt for $40, and it'll be a better quality sweatshirt than that one is, and hand put on with the things. I didn't sew it myself, but I put the shit on there myself. So this is about as American-made as you could possibly get. I'll ship it to you for $5. And how can people get these said sweatshirts and t-shirts, Donovan? You can literally buy them. You can hit them up. You can hit us up individually on social media, but you can go to our Facebook. Um, through our website is probably one of the better ways. Mm-hmm. Send us over. Yeah, Instagram, you know, all that stuff. Hit us up. PayPal, uh, Venmo, Cash App, all the things. We t- we'll take your yeah. money anyway. And if you want a free t-shirt, we have a way for you to do that by listening to the entire show. Or if you're really, really smart, you can actually just jump to the end of the show. But how can show, people get a free show or a free T-shirt? At the end of the show, every week, there is a line, the closing line of the show. If you can identify the source of the closing line and tell me what it is, hit me up on my personal social media accounts, Twitter, wherever it is, your choice, whichever one you like best. Because half the time, I don't know where yeah. they come from either. And just tell me... <laughs> where the line came from and i will send you a free t-shirt we will autograph it if you want if you don't that's fine but i don't see why you wouldn't but we'll, off- we'll autograph it i'll send it to you i'll put some business cards in there some stickers some stuff if i have something else cool at work i'll send that to you i got a box of just random items at work like things that i have found and love work it in there weird shit so maybe i'll send you one of those things i don't know i collect weird stuff i know have you sh- when was the last time we showcased the skull have we I, talked I about just it recently? Did just in the opening but it's, we'll put it it on hasn't your, your made an camera. appearance. In, oh, oh, there it is. Hasn't made an appearance in a while. This is the skull, the uh, mini Prussian kissing devil skull. Tell Steve Dave exclusive. Um, it is seated neatly upon the five dollars of shredded cash. It allows us, sends us good luck, prosperity, 
it's a good thing. It is. So, it's, yeah. it's a fantastic thing. And wow, we're Go to TellSteveDave.com. Sorry. Go to TellSteveDave.com. Buy a, a mini Prussian Kissing Devil Skull. You give it good luck. It's good for you. And they're pretty badass just to have sitting around, they're too, by the cool way. Looking. Hanging out by the monkeys. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was going to say, wherever you're watching or listening to this thing, before we get into the show, make sure you're liking, yeah. you're subscribing, you're turning your notifications on. Rating, most reviews. Rating, reviews. Share it with your friends. Share it with your people. Share it with your family. Anything. Just just help spread the word that way. It's it's literally the best thing that you can do for the show. Hide your keys, hide you your do for us, and we'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. So, and we also, I forgot, we got a, in the previews, we got a hell of a sports this week sports. we're working into fantasy football this is the first playoffs week of playoffs what playoffs you want to talk about playoffs <laughs> yeah what was that what team was that guy from the colts the colts and how old was that clip was that from this year or something mm-hmm. i was gonna say i don't i don't know the colts it's like um right at least 10 years ago okay yeah it seemed a little dated a little grainy uh, pagano i'm pretty where sure. did you find that I just pulled it off YouTube. You just that's I've been. I mean, you, you are deep into the internet, bro. You know that, where to find <laughs> that's <things>. like <laughs> anybody who knows sports or like football deeply will know that reference. Oh, yeah. That's like, yeah, come come playoff time. It that's was great. rather playoffs. Insane. Yeah, because you you said that like we were talking about fantasy, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, yeah, bro, playoffs is you know playoffs. What? And then you sent me the video clip, and I was like, oh yeah. Jesus, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's all. Just YouTube playoffs. You want to talk about playoffs? I don't know. Pull yeah. up. It's like 30 seconds. It's beautiful. And one last little bit of housekeeping before we get into the show. Um, it is that time of year. It is, it is the festive holiday season, which is reminding us that the end of the era of 2020 is upon us. Thank God. Oh, I know, right? It's kind of, it's. it feels like it should be a relief, even though I know it's not really. It's but been the longest year. Yeah. So we will be off next episode and so we, we won't be returning until the until 2021 that was a funny way to say that so well, we're going to be off next episode next episode. no i'm not shitting on you <laughs> that's funny i was gonna say um, next week and i was like Ooh, yeah myself. no it, no no you're right we're this yeah this is our last recording for the year um our next recording it looks like is going to be on the 9th so you can expect the next episode on the 11th year Looks like we're going to do like a two-part type of thing. Um, I don't want to announce it yet, but I think we have figured out exactly what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about it later. We'll announce it around Christmas time. My birthday is Christmas Eve. Maybe we'll announce it on my birthday. So we'll see what Ooh, happens. yeah. That sounds fun to me. Excuse me. Yeah. So it'll be a good time. So I think that's all the housekeeping we really need to hit. So I guess uh, if you watch the pre-show, we talked about what we're going to talk about. I just gave you the topic breakdown. Where do we want to start today? Do we want to just start with the uh, the big one? The student loan debt forgiveness. Let's do it. So what prompted this this topic? I know we had talked about possibly hitting it last show, and then obviously you know, Joe Biden's campaign on right. guns was uh, rather extensive, and we wanted to make sure we worked through that pretty well. <coughs> so I, just, I don't right. remember where this, this topic idea kind of stemmed from. Um, well, during the campaign, it was something that both Biden and Harris had thrown you know, into their platform of issues. Um, but within the last few weeks, there's kind of been renewed um, interest in it. There's been some rumors, you know, quelling or that's not quelling of rumors. Mm-mm, that's, that's not the opposite it. of quelling. Some rumors 
spread. Some something. What am I? What the fuck am I thinking of? It doesn't doesn't matter. Rumors are getting spun up that in the first few weeks it's going to be one of the very first things that the Biden administration does is pass an executive order that will wipe out. At first, it was ten thousand dollars. The last number I heard was fifty thousand dollars per individual of federal student loan debt. And the idea is they can do this because so much student loan debt is is held federally and so they can just use the department of education to just no more let go of this debt um i think the very first thing that we should point out for that is that in the history of dollars dollars there is not been a time in which debt or money just disappeared no it doesn't since mesopotamia that's not how dollars works that's not how the economy works that's not how currency works that's not how any of this works you cannot just eliminate debt right and i just want to start because i think this is like the biggest thing behind it like we're just going to eliminate fifty thousand dollars a person just get rid of it right so regardless of the arguments for or against it you cannot just eliminate debt it doesn't work that way the only way that it can be done is to add that debt to the deficit you could pay it off with taxpayer dollars and that debt is added to the deficit but there is not a way to just eliminate the debt somebody has to pay for it at some point in time or else all of these banks that it's actually that the funding is actually through all lose millions and millions and millions of dollars which is not something because i mean we all we all we were all here in 2008 we We all remember 2008 which is exactly what's going to happen if you just take all that money away from them so it doesn't work that way. So they have to pay it off, which again will be done through taxpayer dollars. So, <laughs> which that right there raises kind of a, a morally ethical question of whether or not that's okay to do. But that aside, yes. um, so I just wanted to pull out from because there has been some movement on it more recently, and the numbers are changing, and the different avenues they might pursue might be changing. But my first initial stop, much like, you know, the gun policy stuff on the Biden administration, was right to the Biden campaign website to find out what they were saying. Which is the best place to go, right? Because if nothing else, not to interrupt, but if nothing else, we can use this as a way to hold Joe Biden and Kamala Harris accountable because Mm -hmm. these are the promises they are making to you. Anybody who voted for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, these are the promises that they've made to you. These are the things they're running on. These are their campaign issues. So if anything changes, just like, um, I don't know, maybe Barack Obama when they're talking about whistleblowers, you know, they just fucking took that whole thing off their website. That would be weird. That would be super weird. So if anything like that happens, we know we have a record of it and we can keep and hold them accountable. We have already seen somebody we know very deep and close to us who has been talking about holding Joe Biden and Kamala Harris accountable for things they've done in the past. Mm-hmm. I am... Super on board. I'm inspired to be hearing that from people who so devoutly voted for Joe Biden. I am inspired to be hearing them talking about holding them accountable for their actions, the things that they've done in the past, and their not not like like 50 years from now, but the way that those things are impacting. Now, I love it. I'm Mm -hmm. a huge fan. I love it. Our time is coming. This is we've been talking about. Motherfuckers are old school establishment politicians. It's bad news. Corporate. Goldman Sachs backed, Wall Street funded Democrats. There's I mean, some neoliberal same... motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Corporations. This is the same first. crap. I think <clears throat> that was like that my last hill to die on, I think, was the return of the swamp. You know, and we've seen more and more of these these cabinet positions starting to get filled with yeah. 
we, most of which come right out of the Obama administration, which is Dear Susan Lord, Rice is back, by Dear the way. Lord, the person that was just selected to be Secretary of Defense, he was on the board of Raytheon. Clap, 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 what? clap, clap. But, but he's black. So, yeah. it's, it's diverse as fuck, right? Diverse AF. Even though he used to work. So, maybe we should buy some fucking Raytheon stock. I mean, uh. this is probably the time. One of the guys that I... Somebody that I follow on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, bought just posted their returns on Moderna stock. They bought a bunch of Moderna stock like six, eight months ago, like oh, five dude. grand in returns just in the last. <laughs> yeah, and I'll say if you're gonna buy into Raytheon now, looks like it would probably be a good time. They're uh, coming off of a downturn. Oh wait, no, this is only seventy-two dollars a share. Fucking oh, Christ! Look at this, the six-month stock price. So six months ago, Raytheon was at sixty-seven bucks a share. It is currently at seventy-two eighty-nine a share. Wow! And then Damn, let's check out the five-year. Oh! Wow. Okay. So what happened between February seventh, twenty twenty, and March twentieth, twenty twenty? Interesting. That was the uh, the shutdown. That's Stock dropped from ninety-eight dollars. People just pulling all their money out of the fucking out of the economy, probably. The whole stock market took a crash yeah. right, right then when we started the massive lockdowns. So, wow. Should be tracking Raytheon. That's, yeah. I don't know shit about stock, but that's what I'm saying right now. But you got a Raytheon board member who's now in charge of $700 billion yeah. of taxpayer money. Oh, yeah, that'll be something. Maybe stay tapped in. Depending on, because next episode we have our request to talk about the death penalty and stuff like that. We might be able to squeeze in. Um, maybe we can take a look at that defense spending bill. Yes, if the not, Defense Authorization just, Act. Just yes. need to do that Even anyways. Matt Gates. Yeah, a lot abstain. of people are upset. Which is, you know, typical. Shit's crazy. But yeah, you know, the military-industrial complex is coming back up. So <laughs> just, Wasn't it? Also, just buy stock. Also hilarious. This is part of the thing I wrote here was like a, like a almost like a letter to the left. That was when Joe Biden announced his all-female communications team. Yeah. And they're like, it's so rad. It's so awesome. And then, I don't know, like right around then was also when the Secretary of Defense was announced. Like, do you do you feel like a fool now? Do you like anybody who voted for Biden? Do you see now that this is all a fucking act? That it's all an act? This is all nonsense. Like It's the same people. It's the revolving door. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. The same people that were that lost their job four years ago. They're getting they're just getting <laughs> different jobs now this time around, but it's the same terrible, corrupt people. It's awesome. Yeah, just more in the, the most horrible more way. The same. It's awesome. It's so Yeah. <sighs> fucking said so. Fucking told you. Yep. I mean, this is what we get. Yeah. You know, we get okay. we get what we deserve good and hard. Student loan debt. So let's talk about mm-hmm. this, right? Because. So, yeah. Like I started of... before. Sorry. Um, no, you're I fine. went to the campaign website. Yes. Right? And the initial. Right. Um, and I even found the tweet back then. March 22nd, 2020. Joe Biden um, tweeted um, about some of the things that he wanted to do as, you know, president and whatnot. And he said, additionally. We should forgive a minimum of $10,000 per person of federal student loans as proposed by Senator Warren and colleagues. Young people and other student debt holders bore the brunt of the last crisis. It shouldn't happen again. And so on his actual campaign website, he has language in there speaking to that (laughs) $10,000. 
and how he wants to essentially go about it through legislation. Biden will create a new simple program which offers $10,000 of undergraduate under and graduate <laughs> student debt relief for every year of – oh, okay, this is his uh, plan for public service forgiveness. So you can get up to $10,000 uh, okay. for each year you public devote service. to public service up to five years. So right. you can look at up to fifty k, which might have been where that – the spinoff from Schumer and Warner er, and Warren came from. Yeah. That 50 grand. Well, and so what I was hearing the other day, right. Was, mm -hmm. I wish I, I don't know who it was that was talking because I came into it, you know, in the interview, mm -hmm. but this was on NPR. It was on NPR. Yeah. And like I was, I was driving NPR home. radio. Yes. NPR radio. Um, yeah. problem with radio, man, you can't, you can't rewind. Right. And, they were saying that one of the newer ideas is, be like I said, because so much student loan debt is held federally, that an executive order could be issued for the Department of Education yep. to forgive up to $50,000 of student loan debt per person, which is fucking astronomical. Insane. So let's. Uh, so mean, there's no yeah. There isn't legislation proposed yet. There isn't an executive order out yet. There isn't language for anything, right? Mm -hmm. That's why we're talking. These are rumors. There have been. They're definitely going to try for some type of student loan forgiveness. At what level, we don't know. Mm -hmm. Whether it's going to be through legislation, executive order, we don't know. But. <clears throat> it sounds like at a minimum, ten thousand dollars is going to be their attempt, and at the most, fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, per borrower. And so let's see, it's $1.7 trillion in loan debt and held yeah. by more than 43 million borrowers. Okay, so. Yep. Borrowers. 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 They're borrowers. Borrowers. I have not, and I'm open to it. If anybody has a better one, I'm more than happy to hear it. I have not heard a single argument, read a single argument to me that holds water as to why student loan debt should be forgiven. Okay. Right. Um, I've heard. I have the most common one I have heard. I've heard um, that the lending was predatory. Right. That was okay. one of the things I've heard. It's like this. Well, don't you think that the lending status or that the, the way they do it is like predatory? Um, I think in, by fiat just because. In you, the way that you're that giving an 18-year-old money for because they need it, yes. But I wouldn't say that it's any more predatory than sending me a credit card in the mail mm -hmm. that I can take and spend $10,000 on, and then the interest rate is then tripled overnight, and I am still liable for all of that debt, right? Mm -hmm. um, Except this is the only kind of debt you can't so get out of through the, bankruptcy. That is a thousand percent. I would I will provide that concession over and over and over again. It mm -hmm. seems totally fucked to me it that if you... It seems more of a straw man argument, because if that's the stance you take on predatory lending... I mean, what? I mean, there's so much more that could be encompassed underneath that umbrella term of predatory lending at that point. Right. Well, I I mean, as far as it not being forgiven when you when you file bankruptcy, mm -hmm. that's federal student loan debt is like the only debt that yeah. does not go away if you file bankruptcy. Yep. That is a concession I would provide over and over again. That that is backwards as all shit. Hard. Yeah. That you are filing bankruptcy, but still you have to pay this back. That doesn't make any sense. So. I would provide that concession all Crazy. day. That that doesn't make any sense at all, right? Yep. I I believe a thousand percent that people should, you know, what I'm saying you got you got to pay your debts. But again, if you're filing bankruptcy, you mm -hmm. should, you don't have money, so mm -hmm. it seems wild that you would still be held liable to pay that. Um, some other arguments that I've heard, the reason that 
people are not able to afford houses and cars and things like that is because they have to pay their student loan debts back. Which I, has got to have a lot of merit <clears throat> to it. I'm sure there's some merit to it. I would yeah. also argue that, at least in this area, a small mortgage payment would be over $1,000 a month. Oh, hard, yeah. If you're not able to afford your student loan payments every month, I'm not sure how you're going to afford over $1,000 in a mortgage payment every month. I mean, my car payment is, yeah. is not $1,000, but I don't – I just – just so I could see a car, but I don't see how not paying your student mm-hmm. loan debt then translates to being able to buy a house, especially if your, if your degree has not provided you the job that you're looking for that would help you pay off your student loans, right? Because the idea, right, mm-hmm. the, the whole idea of going to college is that you're going to get a degree, then get a job – in that field that pays well because you have a degree and you'll be able mm-hmm. to live at least okay and also pay off your student loans. Yep. That's the idea, That's right? That's the general concept. If yeah. for whatever reason, we've talked about in the past, sometimes if there just aren't that many jobs. Sometimes you've chosen a shitty degree. Sometimes you've done whatever, right? Sometimes it doesn't matter. They don't care. Sometimes the calculus changes in the four years it takes you to get to the degree. There's, there's any number of reasons, right? Yep. So there are people for one reason or another that end up in a job that doesn't pertain to their degree or maybe doesn't pay as well as they thought that it would. And I don't see how just not having that debt is going to put you in a better position if you're not making any more dollars after that. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, technically, because I just just want to make sure that I hit all of these things because I know there's arguments against those that – you know, let's say you don't have to pay the three hundred and fifty bucks a month for your credit card or your for your student loan payment. Right. It may not be enough to cover a car payment. You know, that hard maybe depending on what kind of car you get, but like or a house payment or something like that. But if you are not burdened with that three hundred and fifty dollars a month per year, that's some substantial dollars you can put away. So regardless, it's still putting an an extra financial burden on you. You can't accumulate that maybe that three hundred and fifty dollars a month Thank goes to savings. You. Instead, and then you save up for a couple of years, and now you can have a nice little down payment for a house. Right, and my so argument not, to that, or against that, would just be that that same argument can be made for any type of debt that anybody has. That's period. not unique to student loan debt. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's and I, at I that understand. point, it's just debt is debt. Is right. Debt. Which certainly, yep. I, if if I didn't have the credit card debt that I have now, I would be in a better position. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I that, would have more money every month to be able to do things that I want. Yeah. That and I think that's part of without the, saying the complicating factor to talking about student loan debt right particularly because so many arguments uh, you know for canceling student loan debt are simply just arguments about like getting rid of any form of debt these are these are perks that anyone can get by getting rid of any form of debt at that point where you, right. if you don't have to shell out x amount of dollars every month for this that or the other thing that's money in the bank that you can use to give yourself a better financial future so but particularly when it comes to the student loan aspect of it, the college aspect of it, as it directly ties to your higher education and getting you that better paying job, and it's not necessarily the case. It really isn't. I mean, in today's world, it just doesn't work like that anymore. And, you know, there are a lot of jobs that require a specific degree that may not necessitate that degree necessarily. Right. Which is a shame. Well, and we've but, talked about this before. There are four guys that I work with that all went to college after high school, and we all have the exact same job. Yep. There's not. They're not my bosses. They're not. I. I can't. Ar- I can't speak to whether or not they make more money than me because I yep. have no idea. But 
we all have the exact same job. Mm-hmm. There are many people that I know that went to school and came back and hold a very regular job now or went to school and came back and now they work in their shipyard, which is something they could have done and many oh, did yeah. do after high school. And then you would be making more money now yep. had they worked there for four extra years, you know? Yeah. I so, mean, I'm, I'm in kind of the opposite boat where I'm, you know, in my industry necessarily. I mean, we are a... Kind of a weird mix of blue collar and white collar yeah. type of things because we're all the numbers you guys do. We do a lot of numbers, a lot of money, and all this good stuff. But at the end of the day, we're in construction and we're in development and yeah, stuff like that. And so I work with a lot of guys, um, not necessarily in my business, but just in the industry. Um, a lot of them that do very very well for themselves financially that never spent a day in college. They just started out with a shovel in their hand right or in our particular industry we call it a, a grade rod and grade hopping but uh you know blue collar guys i got a job after high school and then just stayed in the industry and were smart about it and gained the skills and the knowledge that they needed to advance and never once needed a degree and that's where i'm at like all my knowledge and stuff i mean i could have i could have a degree and pursue the position that i'm in now but i didn't necessarily need that i just needed time in and a knowledge base and a skill set that allowed me to do the job that I do. Yeah. And so it's it's a weird to get down to the root of that particular argument, you're talking about choices and decisions that people make, right? right. And this is to bring it back to school debt. Every individual person that has school debt had to make a conscious choice, had to sign on the dotted line to put themselves in debt. Right. 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 Whether or not they there were was informed nobody was, enough nobody at the time. Or, right. Yeah, right. They were – I have a feeling that most people that take out massive amounts of school debt or even little amounts of school debt, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000, something like that, compared to the, the six-figure people, I would highly doubt that the vast majority of people that are getting these loans had a comprehensive understanding of what the outcomes of them pulling that money out and taking that loan out. There, I don't think they really knew what it meant. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand what that kind of debt actually means when they're that young because our education system is so terrible. We don't, we're not taught that stuff. Yeah, really, we're just taught that you need to go to school so you can get a, a good paying job. So, you know, we have social incentives to put yourself in debt just so that you can go get a piece of paper. Well, and I guess yeah, I, I would, I would. Mark part of that to school, but I would also mark part of it to home because it was instilled in me at home that we did not have not like we're fucking poor, but like like we don't have money. So if mm-hmm. you want to go to college, you probably need a scholarship or you're going yep. to have to take out student that's loans, which you will have this. So and that's exactly like <clears throat> so I I don't get why that's my biggest thing is Mm -hmm. the choice factor yes everybody who went to school that took out student loans had to make that choice the credit card debt that i have now while it is not fifty thousand dollars of credit card debt every dollar of it i made the choice to spend that Mm -hmm. money or knew that the interest would come you know whatever but i I made that choice and i don't expect anybody else to pay off that debt because i chose to buy those things i chose to spend this money Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i bought a car I needed it at the time. I really needed this truck when I bought it, right? Do I think that I should not have to pay it because I really needed it at the time and I thought that whatever or if it's don't. a piece of shit, I don't, like I just don't. got to do what you got to do. I, I don't. You take calculated decisions and you put yourself in debt 
for reasons that you understood and you understood the implications of right. and you chose to do that anyways and because there are you're so a, many people yeah. who chose not to incur those loans mm-hmm. and they didn't go to school yep. you know what i'm saying and so yeah there's still a lot of those people and i just so i think because i think this is going to set up kind of how we do this how we going to tackle this topic yeah because i'm just going to go ahead and put out my personal cards on the table because i'm going to try to play devil's advocate as much as possible today against you know all of your arguments because i think we're basically about the same way yeah i prescribe to like the micro perspective where no one should go to college unless they absolutely have to go to college and you need to know everything about what taking out debt means when you do that you know you need to be well informed before you make those decisions and i don't think that we should give an 18 year old or a 17 year old a pass on not thinking those decisions through because at the end of the day i don't care that our society essentially looks down on you know the 25 year olds now as like basically just big children when you are I'm 25 adult, just so everybody knows exactly but you're a you're a rare exception no, to and the that's case. i'm that's but, a a way to right. yeah a, a <laughs> contrast type of thing just so everybody you know um but i mean it's stuff that we went through when we were younger i mean yeah. once you turn 18 and you're an adult and those credit card offers come through that's you know i jumped on those type of things too and i made bad decisions and all that good stuff but i learned from them and now i'm you know moving past that kind of stuff but and now we record in your home exactly right isn't that amazing which i own which is super dope swaggins but um so anyway i just want to say like i'm basically gonna be on board with probably your perspective today but yeah. i'm gonna appear like i am not and i'm gonna try to push back on every argument that you give today because i've heard a lot of them either way because there's a lot yes. of moral arguments against them and like a lot of feel-good stuff and right so. i've also just i've heard just the blanket like it's not fair like it's just not fair for kids to have this type of debt and i don't you know what else isn't fair life <laughs> word and one of the another like i can't i can't find a job with my degree you know what yep. i'm saying i can't feel like it's there isn't a job for this there isn't a job for this and i can't I there are that many reasons why that would be the case but i am personally of the mindset that that debt that you incur by going to school is meant in maybe the harshest of ways because adult life in a capitalist free market society is super harsh super dope that this fifty thousand dollars is an incentive for you to get a degree that will benefit you because if you don't you will have wasted fifty thousand dollars on four years of your life and now you're poor and you can't afford shit because you got a stupid ass degree yep and whether it's stupid or now it just doesn't make sense. Because like you said, shit changes in four years. Mm-hmm. If you entered school for one thing and in four years that entire market disappears, if you were going to be, I don't know, a fucking something about print photography or some shit and that doesn't <laughs> exist anymore, and it all just in that four years digital photography took off, you're fucked. Gone. You know what I'm saying? If you couldn't change your degree in that four years, you are yep. fucked. You can't do anything about that. There is nothing to do about that. But Can people still get banned for saying hashtag learn code or <laughs> <laughs> But we've talked about before and I used examples that were close to me and examples that I thought were stupid of mm-hmm. like of degrees that people can get that are great and they probably make you feel really good and in some places they'd be really good, but they have very limited practical application post post education. Yep. And Post-graduation. that's probably something that you should steer away from unless you know Unless you're extremely committed to that thing and are going to persevere to the point that you succeed in it. Mm-hmm. And I don't 
feel bad for saying that. That's something I would instill in my own son, that if I don't have the money to send you to school, if you're going to take on this debt, you need to do it with the understanding that you have to pay this back afterwards. You have, have a plan. I'll Biden's got about 50,000 plans. But yeah, but this this is an incentive for you to do something that will benefit you afterwards. Mm-hmm. Because if it doesn't, it's only going to be a detriment. If it doesn't help, it's only going to hurt you. Almost and, as if you're describing what people would call an investment. You're investing in yourself and in your future. Right. And if so if you're going to take out a, you know, if you're going to buy a bunch of stock in yourself by making it possible for you to go get a higher education, you need to make sure that that's going to be a good investment going forward, not yeah. just going to school to go to school. So before we wax philosophical on too much, I think we should just hit all the, the hard stuff real Let's quick, the, the numbers and all this good stuff, um, and then we can start tackling more of the arguments for and against this kind of stuff. So part of the reason I think where we left off was essentially the possibility exists of writing off anywhere up from ten to $50,000 per borrower because the majority of that student loan debt is held within the D- DOE, the Department of Education, which is an executive branch. So henceforth, you could – any executive, a.k.a. the president, could sign an executive order releasing funds that would pay off these debts. Right. It's technically possible to do that. Because they're federally backed student loans. So yes. they're done through private banks but backed through the federal government. So the yep. money is guaranteed to be paid back, which is just like a dark thing anyway. I have somebody – It's very it's very similar to – there's housing programs like the FHA home loans and the VA home loans. But essentially kind of the same thing. It's you're getting a, a loan through a private institution – where the federal mm-hmm. government is going, okay, well, if he if he reneges on his debt, we got your back here. Yeah, at, you know, as the bank, we can hook. You know, we'll make sure that you guys don't get a loss of this. Yeah. So that's the same kind of thing as what Fed loan is. It's a federally backed student loan run through private banks. Right, and that's why we were talking about not being able to just eliminate that debt because mm-hmm. it's because it's federally backed the the banks that gave the money away have to get the money back somehow yep. and if the federal government like you said just reneges like the private citizen did then the money disappears and that bank you know most adults understand the basis of how a bank works people pool their money at the bank invests it it grows people that's how people earn interest mm-hmm. and all this shit that's how people make money at a bank so if you take all that money out not only does the bank lose money? But if the federal government is then again through the form of the F, uh, what is that? FCIC, FYC, F, what's uh, FDIC? FDIC. If the FDIC doesn't pay it back, then everybody's fucked. All the banks are going down, all the everything. And it's the FDIC. You'll, you'll hear that on most, um, right. Most any any kind of commercial that offers you like a, a low interest loan or something like that, backed by FDIC, the FDIC the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, and that is the body that ensures if a bank is robbed and you have money in that bank, you don't lose your money. Yep. But that's the one point seven trillion dollars is not an amount that can be covered by the FDIC because, like I said, that's meant yep. for like bank robberies and shit. That's mm-hmm. not meant for giant enormous sums of money that people aren't able to even comprehend or conceive of in their mind you know what i'm saying yeah. not because people are stupid because there is nothing that you could see a trillion of that you would be able to even comprehend yep. what a trillion actually looks like you can see the number one trillion mm-hmm. but that's not 
even the idea of like a million somethings is hard to conceive of, you know, let alone a billion or a trillion. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like you probably couldn't fit a trillion dollars in this house. A billion is a thousand millions and a trillion is a thousand billions. And that's just a lot of stuff. And it's I, a lot of that's stuff. That's what I'm dude. saying. There's no, I can't, you can't, you there's can't no cohesively comprehend idea that. of what a trillion actually is. So we have no basis almost for understanding of that. Two trillion to just get rid of it mm-hmm. is, which, as we've absurd. learned from, you know, the treasury at this point, like you could just print <laughs> just out another matter. one point yeah. seven trillion dollars, and it won't affect inflation or anything like that. Apparently, so it's technically very possible. Right. So the idea that the money couldn't be wiped away provides, I think, one of the best arguments against this. Mm-hmm. One of the stronger arguments against this is not only will people be forgiven for choices mistakes whatever you want to call it that they made other people who chose not to make that choice who didn't make that decision will be held accountable for that mm-hmm. and not because our taxes will go up but the debt that we have where well, we talked about was 8.3 trillion dollars that we added to the debt this year will now add another 1.7 trillion dollars of private individual spending that citizens don't want to pay off Mm -hmm. aren't able to whatever reason right the federal government has decided to pay that off the idea that i would then i as somebody specifically who chose not to go to college to not incur this debt the idea that i would then be forced to pay that off in the form of my own taxes is ludicrous to me it is almost almost as ludicrous as like repealing the Hyde Amendment and forcing people who think abortion is murder to fund abortion centers yep. and abortion rights through their own taxes. It's Via almost as absurd funding. as that. Yep. Almost. Not not as absurd because I don't think that taxes are murder, but it's almost as absurd as that. And the idea that that's so easy for people to forget, I think is super dark. You know, it shows, I think, a lack of morals in any of those people that they don't have a problem with somebody else being held accountable for choices that they made for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. If their argument is, it it isn't fair. I didn't know. It was predatory. I can't afford it. My degree, this, whatever. The idea that because of that, it is then somebody else's responsibility to take care of that for you, I think shows a moral weakness and a lack of, of morals in that particular area that is deeply concerning to me um not surprising from politicians because this is this who they are we're in the era of like, populism so right we talk about all the time good. it's you know and you're like are you surprised and i'm like well no i'm not surprised but i'm super not happy about it you know that it's as as i you know i'm only 25 you know so as i'm growing and getting deeper and deeper into politics i still am like holding on to that hope of like people aren't so terrible innocent. you know and there's so young there's so got to be some politicians that like still give a fuck and i bet most of them because most people are good like and there's like seven <laughs> of them that are not actual complete total pieces of shit and it's hard it's a hard realization to come to but it is that's because because it gets real dark real fast so like that's where i'm at it shows you know just another mm-hmm. example for me of just a complete lack of morals those people and private citizens that are willing to overlook that you and know? i think it's interesting that you would go there actually i don't think it's that interesting because i'm relatively familiar with how your mind works but you know for you to to look at it in that that negative moral argument like that how essentially you know Someone else's mistake now has to be covered by people that didn't make that mistake. Yeah. Or even people that have that same exact loan that are 
paying their loans. That are paying it off right now that or already did that already paid off their student loans. But there's another angle to that moral argument is that, well, you don't care about all these people that were essentially due to societal pressure pushed into making bad decisions and now are super in debt up to their eyeballs and can't do anything about it. You don't care about the people, Donovan, these poor, disadvantaged, disenfranchised human beings. No. Okay. No, because that and, is that is another argument to it. And is, that well, would, what about these people? Right, and it's not because I'm an asshole or because I'm selfish. It's because, and I'm sure the same person asking me that question, you know, would then argue like, "Oh, well, you're just one person." But my, but the exact reason I would argue no mm-hmm. is because I was I was raised on food stamps. I came from I came from this. You know what I'm yeah, saying? You're so, a pretty good person so, to have these arguments too. Yeah, because... the idea that that I I should be held accountable for somebody else's choices when I had all those choices there. I I could just as easily be holding on to that debt and being saying, yeah, I was poor as shit. I didn't have any other choices. I had to take a Fed loan because that's the only thing that I could do if I want to go to school and try and make money. And now I don't have the money and I can't can't have a house and I can't do this and I can't do whatever. And I'm not. You know what I'm saying? So that's – it's not because I don't care about other people. It's because I believe – inequality of opportunity mm-hmm. and if we all started at that same place outside of high school all had that same opportunity specifically in regards to federal student loans and i chose not to do that i'm i'm not going to cover for that that's mm-hmm. not my choice you know so let's add another layer onto yes. that one right so building off of that initial moral you know all oh, these poor people argument what about the the vast economic implications right just think of 1.7 trillion dollars being spread out amongst the population of taxpayers, right, would have a smaller financial burden on the overall economy than it would be to have all of these individual, you know, these 43 million borrowers possibly, you know, having to lose out on all that income. Yeah. If they don't have to do that, you have an overnight, um, what essentially would become a cash infusion into the economy the local economies around because now all these these 43 million people have that extra money in their pocket every every month now yeah does that not the overall economic boost that that might create might uh, negate the you know the tax burden putting it on to everyone else kind of a if, collectivist argument obviously right. but overall if we're thinking about the good of the economy so if if that's the goal mm-hmm. right if the goal or the main argument is for the good of the economy mm-hmm. then i think we'll a, a little i bit think a better plan would be to allow every citizen to sign up for between 5 and 10,000 dollars of debt relief for whatever thing. It's not cash that you get. It's not straight into your account. It's $10,000 of debt relief that anybody can apply for, whether you want to do it on student loan debts, your car payment, your fucking credit card payments, whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets ten grand that we're going to help wipe away. That, I think, would be... If, if the idea is to just get more money into the economy, and we're, it's all going to go to the same place, right? All the mm-hmm. spending is going to go to the same place if we're just going to tack it onto the debt anyway just create a fund that we're like oh yeah it's uh you know funded through fucking this and this and this and yeah. whatever well, when we'll really just create a new executive office really there's on. just a hose that you, <laughs> you tap into the debt the that dollars it's, are just... it's really just running through there but it, it has like a piece of tape on it and it's written you mm-hmm. know whatever this funding branch has been called 
that I think would be a way that's the only way that I could I think begin to like get down on it that if, if because it, it's if you're gonna give somebody money give everybody money if nothing else it's it seems supremely hypocritical to me to only be giving these people money mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying if yep. the idea is equity and to make sure that everybody's on the same playing field there's all these people with debt just give everybody ten grand give everybody five grand you know what I'm saying and not give it to them but you can sign up for this you can send your bill into this or whatever and we'll pay off ten thousand dollars up to ten thousand dollars of debt mm-hmm. on whatever thing that you're going after which is interesting that would be the thing that i could maybe get behind there's there's a group of you know twitterati that roll around they're like uh, capital uh, just giving venture capitalists yeah. yeah that will just they'll be like oh yeah man just you know send us a picture of you know the bills that you're having a hard time paying and then they'll be like okay here's 10 grand yeah have that you know but on a massive scale yeah, and I don't, just for the record, right, just to be clear, I don't think the federal government should be paying off anybody's debts Period. at all, Period. right? But if that's what we're going to be doing, mm-hmm. right, if this is what we're doing, right, not, I'm not like, this is my idea, but <laughs> if this is what we're doing, if this is where we're at, if this is how the world is to be, mm-hmm. then I think you need to be giving it to everybody and not just people with student loan debt. Student loan debt is not any more important or any more crippling than any other debt than anybody else has. If I have $100,000 in credit card debt, is that less crippling than $40,000 or $30,000, $50,000 of student loan debt? Mm-hmm. No. I would argue that my $100,000 in credit card debt, because the interest rate is probably higher on my hundred. If nothing else, just because the sheer amount of money that I owe, yeah, right. my interest is higher than it is on this $50,000 of student loan debt. So... <clears throat> That would be my take on that, even though I don't think that's what anybody should be doing. Yep. If that's what's to be done, I think you need to just be cutting everybody. Mm-hmm. Here's some debt. Okay. There you go. I'm starting to run out of like good arguments. Well, where are you at with that? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I Has anybody I'm... proposed that to you yet? No. No, not necessarily. You know, so most people smart. don't get out of the realm of of education at that point, right? They just think, okay, student debt, get rid of it plus side you know and on the individual level it sounds pretty sweet yeah you know it really does but by the time you factor in everything else because there is there is no aspect of federal dollars that do not touch every american any federal dollar going out the door anywhere gets passed down on to the taxpayer period you know whether or not it's today or tomorrow the debt increases and who is responsible for the debt the american economy the american citizens the american government which anybody with a job anybody making mm-hmm. money anybody who is drawing any type of pay from anywhere in which taxes are being drawn out anywhere that's you and that's fundamentally immoral because now you're you know the collective is paying off a select few so I mean, as as nice as it sounds, there are so right. many cons to it. It's it's not because I don't the, think there's a conversation to be had there. It it incentivizes the corrupt practices of higher education institutions that are already about as corrupt as you can get. Right. You know, the administrative costs of running a university far outweighs any amount of money that the students will be bringing back to the college as alumni. They should find right. out what just an education costs, just the education, not the administration. Like, factor it all down, then make them pay that. 
Well, Whatever you that. actually should pay, that's what your debt will turn that into. Instead of $50,000, it's really like twenty-seven. That's what you have to pay instead. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just do that. And, and the problem with that is that's an impossible number to get to. Because, by the, I mean, you, can, you could actually look at the hard numbers and boil down how every university and how every college is spending their money. And then you have to look at the teachers' unions that are involved. And, you know, teachers' unions are complicated. Let's just put they it that can way. be very good, and they can also be very bad. Yes, um, like all unions. Like all unions, can they, be they very, can very ways. good. You know, they can protect the members of the union while also causing them systematic harm by, you know, essentially demanding that a college pay X amount more for whatever it is that they want as the union, and then the college has to pony up that money, which gets passed on to the buyer at that point the the student i mean another I way is by making it more difficult to get rid of old or shitty teachers so like they're like rubber rooms and shit like that you know oh yeah be putting people in administrative positions so you have to continue to pay them and also hire somebody to teach their class that they're no longer able to teach yep. paying staff that yeah are excess that should probably retire for one reason or another that's extremely yeah. common people not getting jobs because they have too much experience so they would have to be paid too much in elementary schools that type of shit happens mm-hmm. it's, that's it's insanity oh yeah oh you've worked here for 12 years now and your contract is up well now we would have to pay you too much so you have to go and try and find a job in another district sorry because we can't pay you mm-hmm. and that's that's a problem in how the entire education system is set up you know if we want to talk about systemic failure the left wants to talk about systemic failures all over the government how about education as a whole as just one giant systemic failure i mean it's done a lot of good to a lot of public schools have done a lot of good in a lot of ways yeah but it doesn't mean that there is there is massive reform required if we want to continue this this public sector union issue if we want to continue a high quality public education available for everyone we need to change the funding mechanisms on how that is funded because it is generally funded through property taxes of the neighborhoods and so if you're in a poor neighborhood your school's going to be always hurting for money if you're in a super affluent neighborhood you got the best schools and that's i mean that goes back to forced busing it goes back to all sorts of different things that yeah. just these are all band-aids on a failed system that has been around for decades at this point and without any real change throwing money at a college debt situation which is not even there are some public universities which are publicly funded and have uh what's the word i'm looking for government kicks in payments and stuff to help buy stuff um, subsidizes subsidies. Yeah, subsidies um but at the end of the day you're talking about a lot of private institutions you know, universities in general. I mean, yeah. there's state universities, yeah, but there's also private universities. And, you know, they also get um, public-funded subsidies. You know, they, you know, remember when we were talking about De- Betsy DeVos a lot and the Title IX reform yes. and all this good stuff. I mean, threatening to withhold federal dollars from colleges unless they, you know, get rid of these, you know, fucking tribunals and shit that they're doing to kick people out of school for, you know, what are potentially felonious crimes or not i mean 
it just it's kind of disgusting that a lot of these schools rely on those those dollars so much from the federal and state governments that like they will change the way they run their show just to be able to get those dollars right which is sad because <coughs> it should be education focused it should be student focused and it should be focused towards the the teachers that are actually rec- you know their whole job is to create a better educated populace one something else you said that I think is really important to hit on was paying off these student loans without fixing the issue right and that's something that you mentioned to me i think when we were texting yesterday is if yep. if again you know if this is the world we're to live in if this yep. is what's to happen if they're going to pay, pay off, off student this. loan debts then you said you know they should immediately close down the fed loan program period full they stop should not be handing out any more fed loans mm-hmm. if they're going to pay off all these fed loans that have already been handed out yep if the system is not fixed if nothing is any different then why would we hand out any more of these loans if we're paying them off because they're too predatory, they're unfair, they're whatever reason. Yep. If we're not going to fix it, why would we give any more money out through the Fed loan program? Mm-hmm. Which I think I have not heard anybody bring that up than talking about paying off student loan debt, which I nope. think should be a red flag. Be a red flag to anybody who isn't convinced yet of this that they are not talking about fixing the program, just paying off the money that people owe right now. Yep. Again, not paying it off, just tacking it onto the debt. They're it, just going to essentially, like I said, just refill the program. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep it pumping, right? And within Not a sustainable way to run any program. Yep. And while it may not be required in the same sentence after you say that, but the following sentence should be, and we're going to stop, we're going to put a stop to the system that is allowing people to get themselves in this situation. Right. It's a little bit of, you know... Uh, big brother looking out for the populace, obviously, because they're, well, we're not going to allow you to make bad decisions. Right. But if you're going to do this, you need to stop the funding mechanism to allow not another person, not another person could be allowed to put themselves in that situation where they are now beholden to the federal government because they want to go to college and they can't afford it on their own. So they get money from Big Daddy. And I think that you said it the best way and you may not even know it, right? From the party that certainly for the last six months, at the minimum, has been talking continuously about systemic issues, systemic mm-hmm. inequality, systemic, right? Yeah. No, and, no talk and about And to it not fix the system that has allowed this to take place shows you where the value lies in mm-hmm. this argument. It is not about fixing people. It's not about helping people. It is about allowing this to continue so nothing has to change. So the status quo can be continued. Just like oh, no. we've seen in all the cabinet positions, all the people being put in there, it's the same thing that we saw through the last four administrations, through the last hundreds of years. Establishment bullshit coming in, and now they're just think they're getting better at hiding it. And they have to be because so many people just don't give a shit. They nope. just want the money. So many people got tricked into going to school while they were there getting fucking brainwashed to the left that now they don't care because this leftist policy is going to help them and benefit them privately. So they don't even care about what they are preaching on social media about, you know? Mm -hmm. We we need to keep on. The system, man. The system is fucking people. This is systemic injustices. This is systemic inequality. Because it is. As long as my shit's getting paid off, it's It. Right. This actually this is, this is, is one. This is we found actual, one. Yes. And and it doesn't matter. They nope. don't want to talk about fixing the system. They nope. just want student loan debt to be paid off. It's... Does not solve anybody's problems. No. All that does is cause 
more division between the people who got their student loan debts paid mm-hmm. off and the people who didn't. Yeah. The people who don't didn't get their debt paid off and those that did. And again, from a party who's continually talking about, you know, this this president we have is dividing the country. And all he's worked for four years to divide the country. This, we, I feel comfortable speaking for both of us, can call it now as a show. This will do nothing but divide the country if it is executed the way that it's being discussed mm-hmm. now. If only federal student loans are paid off, quote unquote, it's not going to benefit anybody. All it's going to do, and nothing else is, and nothing else has changed. It's not going to benefit anybody. So I'm going to say two words. I think yeah, just two words. They're not yeah. And tell me this does not ring semi reminiscent of it. Airlines bailout, mm. except we're substituting mm. airlines for students. Do you know what is back in the air this week? Uh oh, the seven three seven. The Max, baby. Whoa. The Max. It's back. You know that little software issue we had that killed hundreds of people? Do you know we, we've we, been making? We fixed it. You know we've been making an inordinate amount of lately? 737 Maxes? Booties. Booties. Oh, word. Good. An inordinate amount of booties. Are they lately. getting shipped to Georgia or are they getting shipped? <laughs> They're getting shipped all over the place. Mm. Mm. Can't keep That's them in stock. Good. So much so, Jordan's being paid Hard, yes. Good for her. And good, booties. And good for the company, man. That's that's a solid line it's, to have there. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's nice to know with the uh, the talk of all these extra taxes and kicking Boeing out of Washington State because we want to raise all their taxes. That uh, booties, son. You know, there are still local businesses in the chain of supply that are are still making a good profit and you know making money and employing people oh, and man. and bettering the the economy. Because the airline industry is still kicking. We just hired a new guy. Good. That's a... Well, Cookie's retiring. Crazy? So it's not like... We're not adding, but people are being retired. Cookie's retiring. Oh, retiring. Yeah, yeah. And her daughter just got hired, actually, once. Angela worked there to take Dave Ellis' spot. And then Angela moved no one somewhere. No to take Dave Ellis' spot. No, but to do that job. Yeah. Um, and because I, I a thousand percent agree with you, so you're correct to do that job. Yeah. And then her boyfriend, I think, was in the military or something. He's a contractor for somewhere, so he they moved somewhere else. Mm. And that then, does happen. So Cookie's daughter is working there now. So Cookie's leaving. Jamie's moving over to Cookie's spot. Casey is moving over to Jamie's spot to do Dave's old job. Oh, good. And then this new guy just came in to do this other spot. So I guess technically we did because Spencer was is yeah. cutting now. So oh, good. We're adding. We're adding to the workforce. It's moved on up. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to see. We, you know, the medical splint game is hot right now. That's, and that's, because I mean, what we're talking about here is manufacturing. We've got right? a stack like fucking that. It's yeah. awesome. Stack of orders. It's, you know, for a, a father of a family with one income, that's about the best thing that I could ask for right now. Stack of work. Post-corona. This year was going to be security. the year of paying off debt, and it's been the year of trying to stay out of debt now yeah. <laughs> because corona's been fucking Dude. manufacturing so bad. So yeah. we this, out here, though. This debt issue is, is – it's a problem, man, because, yeah, I like I like tackling this thing from the from the eyes of the, sem- the systemic failure that is public education and the perverse incentives that universities and colleges have to – to bend to the will of the, f- the federal government just to get those federal dollars, you know. And so without any kind of actual, you know, Department of Education reform talk, 
I don't right. want to hear anything about just shelling out money. Because right. it's just a sem- essentially a bailout. The government's bailing out private citizens at this point for a system that is going to continue to put more people into the crippling unmanageable debt by your own goddamn argument. Yep. <laughs> it's like that's the craziest thing. Yep. Currently arguing that people can't handle this debt while allowing more people to sign up for the same crippling debt that we're freeing other people from. And I think it's really like, what the shit to really to not understate this. You know, we talked a little bit about how this is like an individual's choice, right? What we on a societal level need to change our way of thinking about this. We need to make sure that we're telling our kids and we're telling our students even to think of college as something that you would need to do for whatever. If if you want to be X when you grow up, if you want to be a rocket scientist or a rocket engineer and go work for SpaceX, go to college to do that. You should go to college. You're going to need to do that, right? Elon that is, will like that. You're not going to get that education on, on the job training and you're not going to get it. With a general education. It's a very specialized It's not safe thing. to do that. You know, professional trades like engineers, architects, those type of things. you got to go to school and learn those things. Yeah. You don't need to go to school to get a history degree unless you really are passionate about that and want to pursue something like a degree in – or if you want to become a, a history professor or if you want to try to write history books. Right. And you need – you know, you need a cr- – Credibility. You need credibility. The, yeah. You know, there's pathways to these things where college makes sense. The cool thing about history is that it's all documented. So For the most part. You can, I mean, you thanks can. Thanks to the internet now. can buy history textbooks and read them yourself. Oh, yeah. And I would suggest that don't buy the textbooks. But just there are well, lots and lots of literature available that anyone can get their hands on for a very reasonable price a lot of it is available for free on the internet source material and shit yeah absolutely i mean there are prime source material that are available for free for free on the internet pdf version it might take a little you know looking you might need to duck duck go it versus google it because they don't have the perverse ad incentive, which is should be duck duck going everything anyway. Well, yeah, that's that's a good point. Otherwise, Google's watching you. Make sure to have that tracking app on your phone. There's off, even by a the there's even a duck duck go app you can download on your phone. Oh, I did not know that. You can that. use that as your internet browser instead of Safari. You can use DuckDuckGo. Because I usually use the Brave browser these yeah. days. And you which can is, still stack yeah. Mad Tabs. That's good. Stacking tabs is important, but Bro, it also like, bogs your RAM down. It bogs your processor <coughs> down. Make sure not to keep 30 tabs open all the time. I got at least seven computer. tabs open on my computer. Yep. And it's funny. is When I have a gang of tabs open on my computer, I can feel the difference. Yes. Feel the, feel the funnel. That's why all my the computers are go slow. Through. Yeah, solid state drive will fix that, by the way. But anyway. Um, Maybe when I buy a good computer. So, yeah. We just, I mean, I don't know what to do about this other than... To say no, bad idea. I really, I don't get it. You know, the, it seems nice on its face, it does, but a lot of things need to change to make this okay. Yeah. You know, if this came along with a, with a reform bill, that made sure no one was. I mean, you can't stop everybody, obviously, but if you if you remove the perverse incentive, we could have a conversation about it. Right? Yeah. But even then, you still have to tackle with those moral problems about who pays the dollars and this, that, and the other thing. But, yeah, without fixing the problem, 
you're throwing money down a hole that is continue it's continuing to get deeper so bad 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 idea i don't care what schumer talks about chuck Shumsky. schumer and elizabeth warren have all these you know grand plans and they're really pushing joe biden to sign on day one the fifty thousand dollar debt relief day one which is let's face it joe biden has no incentive to do that zero incentive to do that joe biden is proving himself to not be the open i want to say socialist but you know progressive that a lot of people were hoping he would be arguing he was going to be exactly you know did you hear that phone call with him talking to some of his um yes dnc folks about we need to get away from the language of defund the police because that language is killing us and it killed us throughout the campaign. Not that you actually ran a campaign, by the way. So props on Joe Biden for not running a campaign and still winning presidency. Well, even Barack, man. More votes than Barack Obama, yeah. which I think says even. a lot more about Trump than it does Biden. But I sent you that. I don't know if you saw it. It was kind of late. I sent you that uh, tweet last night. And it was an older one from when he was yes. doing his campaign. We talked with all the kids around the pool, talking about his hairy legs. And the kids, they, they, they used to they come, come up and they, they'd stroke the hairs on my legs because they, they get golden in the sun. I would like to start a thing where we pull out all of these old Biden cringeworthy clips yeah. and just try to find the best ones because they are there's some gems out there. When he called the guy fat, and he said, look fat, L- and then like challenge him to a push-up contest, <laughs> that one was pretty good. That one was good. Look there's fat. There's so many. Yeah. There's so many. And can you imagine if he was hitting the campaign trail real, real hard, like any normal election, yeah. how many more of those we'd have? I feel robbed, to be perfectly honest. I feel highly robbed by this. I'm by the personally value. victimized by the Joe Biden lack of campaign. <laughs> exactly. Personally victimized. And that, as we know, is grounds for something in the probably impeachment. Circle. I mean probably. probably enough to impeach him because my feelings are hurt by it. So let's get it going. I let's start whipping it. the votes. So speaking of impeachment, you got anything else on student loan debt? Nope, nope. That's I think where I'm at. Um I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that was that's pretty solid. Good take on student loan debt. Not a fan. Nice. Like the concept, but detrimental consequences. That's so stupid. Um, so speaking of uh, impeachment, if there's one thing that may or may not get Joe Biden impeached, it's the Hunter Biden situation. Word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if you so, want to do that now or yeah, not. Yeah, no, let's do it. Hard Here's, segue. You pinned me into it. So let's see. When did we relatively good at that. about Hunter Biden? I'm pretty sure. It would have been in October – because that's when the story got suppressed. Debate, live stream, Larry Dixon. How full is the Bible getting, anyways? Getting there? Oh, we're almost ready to start yeah. publishing. Yeah, this almost, is good. Almost at the end. I want so it published in your handwriting, though. COVID. This is how it needs to work. I need to find a publisher that can make an exact copy of those things, so we can sell them to the masses. Because unlike AOC, we actually believe in capitalism, and so I'm down with selling stuff You're and I don't have to right. break my moral values like she does. Yeah, it would have probably been yeah, in October. I'm just trying to find my notes on it, but I don't have the dates on here anyway. Yeah, that's so like an idiot. That probably would have been, you know, I could probably f- do a little search on the YouTubes um, to find out 
if that's in our description somewhere. Cause it'd probably be like six to eight episodes back, maybe Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So either way, um, so to get it all kind of kicked off originally, yeah, I want to say mid October, story broke from the New York Post about the Hunter Biden laptop being discovered at a computer repair store down in Delaware and then had a bunch of incriminating information on it, emails, and then possibly other things. And the New York Post started a, they wrote a story on it. They posted it on all the social medias, which subsequently got um, canceled and pushed down. And they made it so that you could not share the link. You could not share the story. New York Post's Twitter account actually was suspended and they were not allowed to tweet for a number of weeks if not a month or so if not longer than that i'm not really sure i'm pretty sure they're back it up was and running several now. weeks yeah they're up now um but it was even they and even to come back they still had to take down the original which was like makes sense that but was I, one of those, yeah, yeah they had it, to they it, could Put it back up, but they needed to remove it and then repost it again. Right, which I guess makes sense, but I also feel like there is a way for Twitter to get around that. You can't just yeah. take a ban off of their account. They really Jack could have, have gone click, 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 or exactly. something like I that. I feel like there has to be a way. To... But yeah, they're they're definitely up and running now. There's multiple stories New from the last hour. Episode 95. Episode 95! Yes. So four episodes ago. Go yeah. back and take a listen to that, because we were super upset about that whole situation. Um, and not even so much with the story itself, right? Because there was two stories when that came out, the story itself and the implications about Hunter Biden and the picture of him with the crack pipe and other things and all sorts of illicit things, emails within it. But then there was also the greater story of social media information suppression and free speech and so on and so forth. So today we're more or less talking about the more substantive matter within the story itself. Because at the time it was called russian disinformation you know oh, yeah. and that's why it couldn't be shared and there's no way to verify any of this and we don't know and blah blah, blah. and now it's that exact same information that is being used to the write these other stories one. to be it yeah it's the, the exact, exact same, same information Interesting. um the same hard drive all of that information that is being used to formulate a case against him in the media right now and, and this is not because they have you know our mainstream media betters have decided that they flushed the story out now. It's not. It's no, no. longer. They've proven that it's not Russian disinformation. No, 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 no. This investigation has been going on since 2018. Yeah. They knew it at the time when they suppressed the story, and they still know it. You need to remember that. You need to. You need to remember that all of these mainstream institutions are lying to you every single day. Because they are covering it now as an exclusive. Yeah. Like the articles are coming out as exclusives. CNN, you know? I believe, is breaking. The main one. Yeah, yeah, this is happening. Breaking Hunter Biden being investigated for ties with China. Mm-hmm. You should also, I think. I think he came out and said he has a. Uh, there, he's being investigated for a tax issue. It has been verified that money has been made by Hunter Biden in China. And during the campaign, during the debates, Joe Biden said on stage, my son has never made money in China hmm. when it's now being verified by the media after yeah. after the fact that it's been verified by the FBI and other media before this. And very technically, he may not have made money in China, but he was made money from China, a forgivable 
interest-free loan. So think about forgivable, which means you're not going to pay back. Interest-free, which means there's no extra charge to the loan. They just gave him money. So he didn't make the money, but he was given a shit ton of money. It's been talk of like a diamond. I saw fucking something about. Which also included a a facilitated trip on Air Force Two to China to make this deal. He went there with his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. There have been talks about, you know, the big guy in the articles. And we also had yeah. we also had uh, Hunter Biden's business partner on yeah. TV talking about these things before the camp, like before the election. He's got a really cool name. Uh, Bobolowski. Bobolinsky or something like that. Yeah. Who is a super sleazy dude, by the way. He's, Lots but of, he's like, porn interests and all that. TV. But, yep. in, I mean, the thing about it is he's going down with the ship no matter what because mm-hmm. he's involved in all of this. So at this point, there is little reason for him to lie about it when the FBI has been on it for two years already. Yep. He was on – he's been on the TV already telling people this is this is what's happening. We knew this. Yep. And if you don't think the FBI is having him turn state's evidence, you're lying to yourself. Because regardless of if he's a sleazy character or not – you can be in completely legitimate sleazy businesses. This is There's from nothing wrong with that. The New York Post: two point eight carat, eighty thousand dollar diamond given to Hunter Biden, reportedly part of the probe. A diamond given. This is from the New York Post. Just so everybody knows, a diamond given to Hunter Biden by a since vanished Chinese energy tycoon is part of the ongoing tax Vanish. fraud probe and potentially broader probe in President-elect Joe Biden's son, according to a report Thursday. Investigators have examined the gift of the 2.8 carat gem Hunter got from CEFE China Energy founder Yi Jiangming in 2017. CN- CNN reported, citing a source briefed on the matter. It's unclear whether the diamond, which has been estimated to be worth as much as $80,000, remains a focus of the tax probe that Hunter and his family's transition team unexpectedly revealed on Wednesday, according to CNN. Emails from Hunter's laptop that were exclusively revealed by the Post in October right because this is a new york post mm-hmm. article exclusively revealed by the post in october showed that the jewel became a sticking point during his divorce from his wife kathleen buell in august 2017 her lawyer demanded proof that it was quote unquote in a safety deposit box accessible only by both parties together and threatened to seek an emergency injunction against hunter quote unquote to enjoin his further dissipated dissipation of assets including the diamond It's unclear how the dispute was resolved. Last year, Hunter told the New Yorker that Yi gave him the diamond following an introductory dinner meeting in Miami amid his divorce from his wife, Kathleen Buell. So an introductory dinner meeting, he's meeting somebody for the first time, and Homeboy gives him an $80,000 diamond. That's not fucking sus at all. Are you joking me? Are you kidding me? Dear Lord. This came out in October, my G. Yeah, which a lot of people now are talking about, you know, and then there's no way to prove any of this. Obviously, he also disputed its, its 10, estimated but... value as claimed by his ex-wife, telling the New Yorker it was probably worth around $10,000. That's a big difference. A $70,000 difference? Yeah. I don't think that she's mistaken by $70,000. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. I also think that, was this the woman that was associated with his brother somehow? You know, I I don't know. Emails recovered from the laptop of the FBI seized last year from a Delaware repair shop show the diamond became an issue during Hunter's divorce. 
Meanwhile, federal prosecutors in Manhattan have also scrutinized Hunter's finances and investigators in both Delaware and Washington, D.C. were looking into potential money laundering by him as of early last year, according to Politico. The securities fraud unit of the Southern District of New York began its review after a judge overturned the fraud conviction of Devin Archer, a former mm-hmm. business partner of Hunter's, in late 2018. Citing Politico said, citing a source with firsthand knowledge of the investigation, the Manhattan prosecutors ended their review after conferring with their counterparts in Delaware, where Hunter disclosed he's under investigation. In addition to that probe, FBI agents have been asking questions about Joe Biden's brother, James Biden, in connection with an investigation involving a bankrupt hospital company, AmeriCorps Health. Mm-hmm. A person with direct knowledge told Politico, James Biden briefly had an office at the company's headquarters in Florida, but has disputed claims supported by a business card with his name on it that was part of a civil case in Tennessee that he's a quote-unquote principal of the company. It's unclear if James's activities are focused on the investigation, which is being conducted by the federal authorities. On Thursday, Tom Cotton called on Attorney General William Barr to appoint a special counsel to handle the investigation of Hunter Biden, echoing a request earlier this week by Representative Ken Buck. Quote-unquote, if Joe Biden becomes president, then all these prosecutors are in line to be fired next month. If there were ever circumstances that create a conflict of interest and call for a special counsel, that's here. Straight up, if we were talking about a conflict of interest before, Donald Trump, get this guy in here. That's wild. I also saw earlier that there is some evidence that Bill Barr delayed things in the Hunter Biden investigation a Mm -hmm. couple of different times. Yes, Trump has been attacking Attorney General Barr lately for his... uh, his silence about the matter. So again, the things that are being reported now as exclusives and breaking content, breaking news from CNN, MSNBC were reported in October by the New York post. All of this information was readily available in October and in the hands of FBI investigators because they already had it. Except it wasn't necessarily readily available because the entirety of social media and the mainstream media suppressed the information. Well, it was readily available to the FBI. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, because that's, you know, we're two years into the investigation. Oh, right. Readily available right to the public. To the right, public. right, right. Yeah. So you right. weren't allowed to know this before going into the election, by the way. You were not allowed to I know I wish this. I could remember. How did I read about it? Because well, it, was... it was available for a minute. Period of time. Yeah, for and like then about it was, a okay. day. So that must have been. Yeah. Because I remember, so like, how did I learn event. about this if nobody could talk about it? Yep. But yeah, because then even the uh... so it was just a few days before we did that episode on it that mm-hmm. the shit was cracking. I don't even have like really anything written down here about it. Yeah. And so... you could go to like the New York Post website. Yes. And do it there, but you couldn't get it through one of the you know the sharing mechanisms that we all have for the sharing and spreading of information. Excuse me. No one knows still. You can go back to episode 95 and listen to our coverage of it. Mm. So we did pretty comprehensive coverage of it then. Yeah. But still, nobody knows exactly who dropped the hard drive off or who dropped the laptop off. Yeah. Nobody knows whose laptop it actually is, but there was a sticker on it that for the Bo Biden Foundation, which is obviously Hunter Biden's brother, Joe Biden's yeah. son, who died. And we had um, the emails that were on there that they had public. And, yeah. You know, so, so There was plenty of there there. There is also, if you haven't watched it, Colin and everybody else, I would recommend it's by the Blaze, right? 
but they do have a documentary that they made that is called Chasing the Dragon or whatever. That Chasing is, the Dragon. That is about financial ties between Hunter Biden, James Biden, and China. And I think considering the information that's being released now, it might be, you know, worth taking a little look at a little peep at. So a little peeksy. It's out there. You can find it on YouTube. It's worth it. Yeah. It's like forty five minutes. And so one of the big things now being talked about is the need for a special prosecutor to be appointed to Fucking this. Fucking A. Because they're worried that due to the direct conflict of interest and possible involvement in some fashion, um, knowing or unknowing, um, it will directly touch the future president of the United States. Especially if there is any possibility at all that Joe Biden made even a single dollar mm -hmm. from any interaction from his family and any foreign power, there needs to be, I mean, the most separation physically or theoretically possible from that family and that man from the investigation that is going on or really yep. anybody that has anything to do with him needs to not be anywhere near that investigation. Mm -hmm. If anybody on the team has a man, they probably might not even be able to have Democrats on there. Like, I don't even know. Like you obviously can't have an all Republican investigative team, but I don't know how you justify having anybody who has a strand of evidence of bias Mm -hmm. against Republicans, against Donald Trump, against any of that shit. And that's what I think is probably, now is probably just a good a time to appoint a special counsel than any, because what did we hear? <laughs> what did we hear the entire time about the special counsel during the Russia investigation? Trump was railing on, on all these FBI people. They were all Democrat sympathizers. They're all leftists. They're all blah, blah, blah. They were all out to get him. Well then, appoint the same people to do this because now it's for now it's going after their guy. I mean, there's no conflict there. I guess you know you can reliably trust a Trump-appointed special counsel at that point because all he did was rail against how they couldn't be, you know, they couldn't be impartial to him. So the Democrats should love it. They should love the opportunity to get a fair and honest investigation of this situation to clear the name. Of the great and illustrious future president of the United States, Joe Biden. But I think, I think that the, the Air Force Two flight needs to really be looked into. Yeah, because that yeah. might there's there might be a way you can get around that. Be like, well, I'm heading over to China anyways to go talk with with Xi in in the you know the People's Republic of China. So just come with me. So just come with me. You got some shit to do. That's cool. You can fly on the plane. Sus, yeah, but maybe not illegal. I just don't with – I don't know. I guess I don't know whether or not it's illegal. It seems like it should be, yeah, you know, for be. somebody to be able to fly on a government plane to do private business mm -hmm. in a foreign country sounds like it should be illegal. That doesn't sound like that should be something that know, you man. should be able to do. Air Force 2 got to be a big plane. Why can't you bring your friends along? We'll have a little ma mini and vacation while I'm over in China. Maybe if they're not your kid. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's, but then again, this is just the same exact corruption that has existed for, you know, as long as we've been alive. Let me ask you this. Yes. I already know what the answer is. But if Donald Trump Jr. flew on Air Force Two <laughs> with Mike Pence, right? 
even if it's not Mike Pence's kid, if Donald Trump's kid flies with Mike Pence on Air Force Two to fucking, mm-hmm. I don't know, wherever they're making money at. And they go and he does a business deal and then he comes home and it's whatever. And maybe there's evidence that, you know, Mike Pence had something to do with it and maybe not. And there's, you know, who, who knows? Who knows? Are people not going to flip the fuck out? Hard, yeah. Well, so, they may not, but they should. They definitely should. The people who don't care about it happening with Joe Biden, are they not going to flip the fuck out? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. There have been so many things just in the last few months that oh, no. that it's like if you just switched names, these same people who are telling you not to care would be burning things down. <laughs> Literally burning things down if you switched names. And it's insanity, you know? They still are, to be perfectly honest. You see, oh, quick aside before we get into I'm the scared for what happens around Inauguration Day. When there's like an actual transition mm-hmm. of powers, if there's still this many people in D.C. that are convinced the shit has been stolen. I saw, I saw people legitimately, we're going to talk about this when we get, you know, whatever about, um, you know, there's been legislators in Texas that have vowed to introduce a referendum yeah. for secession, right? So they can allow the citizens to vote on it. And then yep. when the lawsuit was going on, and you know you have more states that are signing on to it and writing things in favor of it, there are people that are like, "Well, looks like the fucking sides are getting drawn up here." Oh yeah, you know. You see that? That's uh, that's unsettling. See that that picture is unsettling. Of, uh, what was it? It was uh, the Canadian United States or something, and then, <laughs> G- and then Jesus Land. Oh no! I like how it was. Jesus land. Jesus was, land. Let me see if I can find a picture for the people of, of Jesus land. Cause That's that was, unsettling. That there's anybody so who, who is so talking cool. about sides being drawn up within America. That's unsettling to me. Oh, this is it. This is it. This is Jesus land. Oh, my God. Let me find, it let me go scoops to down to, to California. Oh, That's yes, sir, it does. And then I got to hit number four. This article has multiple issues. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Wikipedia. That's yeah. so awesome. So you've got, uh, you know, because there's a couple different versions of The United of it, States of Canada. Because some of the Canadian provinces may or may not sign on to become Jesus Land too. Besides, that little chunk of dirt right there, I mean, that's some, that's some prime territory. We can go, we can do a lot of hunting and fishing in that area, yeah. brother. That'd be real, real nice, but... Yeah, that's that's the supposed map of Jesus Land that's and so awesome. and can, I think it was the Canadian United States or something United like that. United States of Canada. Yep, there it is. That's awesome. So it's just some ridiculousness. I'm a big fan of that. That's really funny. Um, yeah, but the idea California has been trying to secede for decades. Yes. Okay, it's not going to happen. It the is eastern half of Washington State. Yeah, it's constitutionally liberty. prohibited. The minute a state secedes from the union. By de facto, you know, constitutional, whatever the fuck, necessitates a civil war because now the union has been split. You got to do battle, man. It's It doesn't – none of this works like this. When I shared that article on Low Twitter. information voters. When I shared that said. article on Twitter, I said, you don't have that many guns, Texas. Uh-huh. You got mad guns, but you don't have more guns than the other 49 states. Yeah. You got a lot of guns, but not that many guns. Yeah. And we'll briefly talk on it when we briefly go over what happened in Texas the, with the Texas lawsuit. But yes, yeah, um, it was there was a great number of people that were siding with this lawsuit, and the the lines were being drawn, which was very interesting. Uh, and then it just kind of went away. Poof. 
last night. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about China. Not so much on Hunter Biden, but on Spice. people like uh, Eric Swal Fartwell or Eric Swalwell. Oh, that was so and funny. I, I almost feel bad for this guy. Almost. And, you know, and then – and this was a while back during yes. the Senator Feinstein one when she had fan, a fan. driver that got picked up as being a Russian – or a Chinese agent. Yes. Yeah, so what we're referring to, I believe when the original was, was an Axios article, right, that kind of blew the doors off of one particular Chinese asset that seems to be a – just the beginning of a network of other Chinese spies and assets implanted in America, a woman named Fan Fan or Christine Fan, um, who found her way into working for Eric Swalwell's campaign. Supposedly she did some campaign or fundraising for Tulsi Gabbard's campaign at one point. Yep. Um, and she we were able to confirm that she got two people hired in Eric Swalwell's office, staffers there that turned out to be spies. Yeah, and like you were talking about, there was a driver for Diane Feinstein. Yeah, that, that was 2018. That ended up being a Chinese asset for like two decades. So this woman, Fan Fan, Christine Fan, came here, I believe, in like 2010, 2011, came to school here, went to school here, and then while she's at school, starts getting involved political activities in california around san francisco this is going to become more important as we move on um and then obviously eric swalwell is a representative of california yep. feinstein california all these things right um, california <clears throat> seems to be a very hotbed for that and i think it's because due to the demographic makeup of california um it becomes easier for these agents to just blend into the normal backdrop let me read you this article New York Post, Chinese consulates in New York City, San Francisco, identified as main spy hubs. Hey, look at that. This is in Almost like I knew what I was talking July about. July 28th, right? And this is a week after. Oh, man, we've had so many breaking stories about Check this. this, right? Yeah, this is a week after, six days. Oh, yes. The, yes. After the Chinese consulate in Houston is forced to close, right? It's forced to close. And the fire department responds because the fires from burning documents are so enormous. The fire department responds. They thought the building right? was on fire. They're burning. You can see in this picture, they're burning documents in the courtyard in the middle of the consulate. They, the first the fire department got called because there was literally people on the streets burning documents in trash cans outside <clears throat> of the consulate. So... It was just six days after this closed and the fire department, all this happened, that this article comes out that says that it is verified that the ones in New York and in San Francisco are actually the main spy hubs. But they're so large that the government will not force them to close. Those ones are still open right now. Oh, yeah. The very consulate that Christine Fan worked out of is still open and operating right now. It's still going on. All right, so I'm going to pull up this video real quick. Eric so Swalwell, as well, is still on. What fucking committee is that that he's on? The Intelligence Committee. I oh. Believe. There's the fire. There's the burning. Yes. And this was all, I mean, you could see, reported on mainstream media. NBC News. Those are the fires. Yep, and you just see them tossing things into those. So things. the fire department responds, right? And they can't go in because I believe somebody went in to see the fires. And because they're contained within 
trash cans and shit, the people, the workers of the consulate were able to just tell the department, the fire department to fuck off because it's a contained fire and it's it's fine. We got it. It's under control. And it's foreign territory. Yep. That's not our, that does that little plot of land does not belong to the United States of America. And so you would be, what the fuck? You can potentially have an international incident if you forced your way through there. I also brought this. This is from the Epic Times, right? And this is from October 7th to the 13th. That's when this edition is. It says one of the main stories. Chinese spy operations in U.S. are, quote, off the scale. Off the scale. Analyst says. Um, oh, we had that whole series of stories from... When Zeke was on. Zeke yeah. was on, and I had, I think, eight newspapers that I brought here, all mm-hmm. in concurrent weeks, and like six or seven of the eight yep. had front page stories right and this is again this is a a newspaper that's focused on china it's focused on the chinese communist party so it's not like super weird but the idea that they're all front page stories related to spying in the united states and uh what are they cons uh all i can think is concierge but that's not that's not the right no you know what i'm thinking of though yeah that's the term that it's like they they cater to that specific kind of it's uh, not conspiracy it's you got this, because I don't. I feel like I understand the general concept. Yeah, like being a spy, not coercion. Oh. Are we sure it's not coercion? It's not coercion. Oh, uh, yeah, I got nothing. That's all right. But being an agent, being a spy. Yeah, it's not good. A collaborator. Um, yeah, well, then good. I don't even know if we really covered it because it was so kind of come and go at the time. But there was that professor. There's actually there's been a number of professors that were arrested because they were taking money from China, not reporting it, right. and then essentially potentially leaking, you know, materials that they're subject to. Right. Because you know, when you're an upper, you know, when you're in a a teaching position, we'll say a professorship position at a pretty mainstream university, you're subject to a lot of different technologies and a lot of different information. And if the ch- if the Chinese government can tap into that, then they're going to. And this right, it should be news to no one that this is happening. This has been happening on a large global scale for decades since since the Chinese Communist Party rose to power and began to you know essentially try to take over the world with their Belt and Roads Initiative. It does not stop at building infrastructure to make other countries subservient to their demands. It also involves, oh, what's the right word? Injecting agents or picking up agents um, in all you know various institutions to be able to siphon information and technology away from those things. Creating and expanding a web of influence and corruption. Mm-hmm. I guess would be a term I might use. Right. And we've also spoken in the past about, you know, documentation. Like you said teachers specifically, um, documentation of professors, students within colleges working to subvert the way that people are learning and yep. implant knowledge to push universities in a more left direction. Um, <clears throat> and it's. Which is more under the, the auspices of, you know, ideologies that the the government of china and we're seeing that here in in this particular case right this is 
uh, I this is again from a New York Post article. Um, all about the New York Post. Fetching today. accused Chinese government spy Fang Fang, aka Christine Fang, entered the U.S. through California as a college student in 2011, and spent the next four years wooing everyone from local politicos to U.S. congressmen, and so. That is, again, exactly what we were just talking about, is she spent those four years in school working with different organizations within the school and outside of it, political organizations to go out and do things, volunteer for campaigns, work for campaigns. Um, it gets you in the door. It gets you connections. And right, that, right. Those connections carry over to... You know, the home. idea was for Fang to maneuver herself into key government circles and sometimes put politicians' beds to gain personal information about them while integrating herself with unwitting potential up-and-coming heavy hitters, intelligence sources told yep. Axios. It's called the honeypot, man. U.S. officials know of at least two mayors who had romantic relationships with Fang, likely now in her late 30s or 40s, and about through or for about three years the accused spy had sex with an ohio mayor in a car an incident caught on fbi surveillance um the mayor asked fang at one point why she was into him and she allegedly replied she needed to improve her english and so here's pictures of christine fang with eric swalwell and judy chu who's a congresswoman mm-hmm. um another u.s mayor described as older and from an obscure city in Midwest called Fang, his girlfriend at a conference in Washington, D.C. in 2014. Um, Wong, who was present at the gathering at the time, said the besotted mayor insisted the pair's relationship was the real deal despite their age difference. It's the real deal, man. Allegedly working at the direction of China's ultra-secret Ministry of State security spy agency fang likely didn't get her hands on any classified u.s material but she may have helped place unwitting sub agents in local and congressional offices u.s officials said Mm -hmm. fang helped place at least one intern in swallow's office according to two sources she also raised funds for swallow's 2014 re-election campaign and interacted with the congressman at a number of events over several years. There is no evidence of any legal contributions being made. The Federal Elections Commission records didn't indicate that Fang made any donations. Foreign nationals are prohibited from making political donations, but federal investigators who began investigating Fang based on what they considered her suspicious behavior informed Swalwell about their concerns involving her in 2015. I would like to know when he got on the Intelligence Committee, because... Mm -hmm. Somebody, man, maybe not even that, because somebody who has the chops to be on the intelligence committee, the fact that there's like no hints of anything sus going on, you know, that the FBI has to come in and say like, no, this bitch works for the fucking Chinese government and you have to stop affiliating with her now. Like, that seems wild to me. And I don't, he's a lawyer, right? Mm. That's what is, like, that's what he was. That's his claim to fame. So... Not that he's a secret agent, but I just, I don't know. That seems wild. Yep. I mean, it's pretty, uh, I mean, that's the way, I mean, there is a, you just finished watching Community. There is a good Community episode towards the end there with Pierce, where he gets involved with a, a much younger, very attractive woman who owns a stake in another you know, in a Chinese, uh, yeah, yeah, like a rival moist telly. <clears throat> yeah, and the same thing, except that was essentially corporate espionage. Yeah, which that's, I mean, that's what has built the current China we see today. Okay, so here's some more of what we were talking about. The suspected spy arrived in the U.S. when she was in her late 20s or early 30s and enrolled in California State University East Bay outside San Francisco. 
At first, she got involved in campus activities serving as the president of the school's Chinese Student Association and the president of the campus chapters of the Asian Pacific Islander America Public Affairs Organization. From there, she branched out to become engaged with political circles as a representative of those campus groups, attending campaign rallies and campus political events to meet Bay Area elected officials. Fang also developed close ties with the Chinese consulate in San Francisco, which, as we just talked about, right, is verified by our intelligence agencies and many other people as one of the hubs of Chinese spies in America, in the San Francisco consulate. So even if she wasn't implanted here by the Chinese government, we have to assume just be simply off of her involvement with the San Francisco consulate that she's involved in spy operations with the Chinese government. Yep. Even if she came here on her own volition, right? Because that's one of the big allegations coming out of Chinese consulates specifically is them recruiting people Mm. is implanting people in schools to recruit people, to push people towards the consulates, towards political activities that people like this are working with. Right. So I feel also safe assuming that there are other people, other students they had going to the same school that are pushing Asian American students to join these groups that Christine Fang is leading operations in. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm sure that, I'm not I'm not sure. I can't say that. I assume that she I mean scooped up or created at least a few more agents, right? They're yep. saying she she got one person hired at Swalwell's office and then two other people doing whatever I think, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's even more people that she groomed and brought into the consulate that are doing other work outside of those oh, people's yeah. offices. And you could be an unwitting co-conspirator to a point, you know what I mean? She you was know, everywhere. You're feeding information because this is how these things work and it, it is it has been commonplace for this to happen since, you know, the days of the Cold War. I mean, these are tactics that have long been around, and they're generally things that you can get everyday patriotic Americans to do without them even knowing it. You know, you have a – let's just use Fang Fang as, like, one example, right? She can bring on three people and get them installed at base positions in politics or in industry or whatever it is, and they, you know, just maintain a friendly relationship. They talk. They share stories. You know, and then, you know, every now and again, once you get tight with people, you can, like, talk about, like, you know, a little secret stuff, you know, whatever. And it all goes to the number one, which brings it back to base. And then those people do the same thing. Right. And it pyramids on down. So you, you can get a massive network of unwitting, unknowing co-conspirators that are feeding vast amounts of information to an adversarial power. Yeah. And this it's not is, like this is a new thing. It's just we're finding it. And it's it, these are situations that are coming to light. To that point, this is from Raj Salwan, a Fremont City Councilman. She was everywhere. She was an active student. I was surprised at how active she was and how, and how she knew so many politicos. Fang gained access to mayors by attending regional mayoral conferences as she expanded her network of contacts nationally. Soon... Fang was collecting private information about the politicians, including their habits, schedules, social networks, and even rumors about them. Her plan was, quote-unquote, a long-game plan, meaning her role was to strike up a relationship with you and see if you move up the line. And that is from former Fremont, California Mayor Bill Harrison, referring to what he said FBI officials told him at the time. As Fang made her way through the ranks, she was perceived as both charismatic and well-liked and secretive and suspicious, acquaintances told Axios. Fang never talked about her family or home, said those who knew her. Excuse me. She came on the Fed's radar during their surveillance of another suspected Chinese working as a diplomat at the San Francisco consulate. 
a U.S. counterintelligence officer told the site. So that's exactly what you're talking about. Yep. It's her then reporting all this other shit that she knows back to this spy. So again, even if she didn't come here as a spy, she picked up because she's talking to a spy so much at the Chinese consulate. Oh my god. So what do you do about this? Fang was meeting with the accused spy a lot, prompting the feds to begin looking into why she was, quote, traveling, always traveling around the country, getting close to polls herself, a U.S. intelligence official said. U.S. federal authorities started briefing local and national politicians about the potential dangers of associating with her. Fang apparently got wind that the feds were onto her and fled the country in 2015, presumably heading back to China. Wow. So now she's gone. Probably forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's back and... She's probably somewhere else in the country, to be honest. Or not in the country, but on an, in another country. This type of shit is happening all over the place. And the idea that we knew about it in 2015... I guess... Okay. There is obviously some tactical value in allowing the San Francisco consulate to stay open. Right? In allowing it to... Because... If you shut it all down, they're going to go somewhere else. At least here, you know that it's happening. You can try and monitor it. You can try and keep a beat yeah. on it. But if you close this down, you close down the New York City Chinese consulate, they're going to start doing this shit somewhere else. Then yep. you have to find out where it's going on. you got to find the new players. you got to find all that stuff. Where here, at least you know that it's going on. Espionage. Right. So I understand there's some value in it. But the idea that we've known about this, and she left in 2015. Yep. Like, what else has happened in the last five years? You know what I'm saying? We've, we've had this virus, all this shit that's happened. Mm-hmm. I'd Not to assume that they're connected. No, but I have to assume that it's only gotten worse in the last five years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's become exponentially worse. And I don't know, just when you look at what the government of China has done as a whole over the last five years, how they've gotten so much more aggressive. You know, it's like, and it's not that, you know, the the amount of espionage that is taking place is is you know exponentially more than it used to be now we're just being able to shine spotlights on it this that or the other thing but you know what what has happened to china in the last five years to kind of you know they've kickstarted a lot of these things where all of a sudden you know what seemed to to go from like a hundred year plan seems to be compressed down to like a 50 year plan which has necessitated a little bit more transparency in some of the acts that you do. I don't know what's causing that, but um, it is becoming really, really interesting because stories like this are only going to get more numerous. Right. Um, Although, depending on the stance on China that the new administration takes, we may not hear about it as much. It's... You know, we can only see what happens. But. Which is terrifying, Consider yeah. the connections that we're now being shown between the Biden family and China. The yeah. idea that this would not be... I mean, because we we, it's we have video clips than... of Joe Biden talking in the past about, you know, a strong China is, like, is good for everybody. And yep. we need to repair relationships with China and do this shit. And I don't think that this is a time where we need to be buddy-buddy with China, in which we're seeing that they are actively trying to fuck with yeah. our country and our politics. And I don't think it? this is the time to be trying to get closer to them. Who oh, like, reopened China? Was that Nixon? Yes. Okay, because that was... 
because there there does need to be something said about where China is now compared that where they used to be just like in the 80s a I would I would say it's probably safe to assume that m millions if not tens or hundreds of millions of people's lives have been greatly improved by the siphoning of money and information and technology from the United States in China which on a humanitarian level is a good thing. And yes, right? but conversely. But conversely, we, we don't need to do it. They're good now. Shut it down. No more espionage. Yeah. Let's shut it the fuck down. Well, they're, I mean, they're a more or less a first world power now. They're definitely a first world power now. They have spots that are very third world-ish, but as a whole. Right. You know, not to... No, because we're oh. no, because we are now at the point where we are bolstering them so much that we are financially benefiting yes. from their human rights abuses and shit like this. I mean, just fucking Mulan, like we we're talking about. You yep. know, Mulan being filmed in the same province in which the Uyghur Muslims are being hemmed up and their organs are being stolen and they're being locked up in what they're calling re-education camps, which yeah. are which, which is, is just as bad as a concentration camp. It's a concentration camp. They're stealing people's hair and their organs. They're killing them. camp and concentration camp it's are the same, the same thing. thing. It's the same they thing. They always have been. You there can't are, just call it something else. Are people in literal, actual concentration camps? And we are in America talking about how Trump is Hitler. And we are watching NBA and paying $30 for fucking Mulan and doing shit that nope. just doesn't... It doesn't make sense. The cognitive dissonance that you have to take part in to be able to do all these things and not give a shit mm -hmm. is shocking. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not like at least at least you are of the the conscious awareness. Yes. Of what the fuck is going on. And that you're like, might. Yeah. But also the like, you, you know word. what I'm saying? Like, you know, what's up. You're yeah. not ignoring what's happening. You know, you acknowledge the reality what is of good, the situation and you are doing your part on this show in your private life to spread the knowledge of like this is fucked up to talk about things like the fucking nba where people owners of teams cannot even just say free hong kong you can't know what i'm that. saying can't even say shit like that that align directly with our political our base politics in america we can't even say that shit because they're making too much money over there you know, mm -hmm. like you said, there is a tipping point here in which we are invested too heavily in what's going on there. Uh -huh. That we're not even able to speak openly about the horrible things that are happening there. Oh, yeah. And this, it, that same train logic needs to be understood that um, after we get done talking about this, I should show you that message. Oh. Um, actually, you got it on your phone, too. Um, we need to understand something here, right? that we live in a world now where you cannot own an iPhone without it being made by what is essentially slave labor. You cannot buy a pair of Nike shoes. You cannot buy most of the items that we have and use on a daily basis without somehow or other financially contributing to this situation. So it is 100% unrealistic to say that due to China's, you know, due to my fuck, fuck China stance, I'm not going to participate in anything Chinese because you can't go to Walmart. You can't buy anything that's cheap. You probably can't support half of Jeff Bezos. I mean, much less you get involved with the, the conversation right. just around supporting that type of industry altogether. 
that's how we live the lives we do. The taking advantage of third world nations and underprivileged people and people that live under, you know, essentially dictatorships and authoritarian regimes are always taken advantage of by a consumer capitalist society. And I don't know any other way to get around that. You're no matter what you do, no matter what you buy or don't buy, you will still be contributing some way. Unless you're a hippie living in a field growing your own food and building a house out of your hands by not, you know, with the materials you have around you, something's going to happen that you're going to financially contribute in it. Either that or until the entire world is developed into like a first world nation where everybody is on the same plane as far as rights and equality and fairness and morals. Did we mention the Great Reset yet? There you go. (laughs) Well, because that... Because what essentially the only way to get around that, right, would be to take like the Bernie Sanders AOC stance or ideology of spreading the wealth out. And so not only do you have to spread the wealth out from the one percenters in America, but you need to spread the wealth from the one percenters of the entire world. And there you're talking about nations across the planet, which by the numbers would raise the overall poverty level to probably the highest point it's ever been at some point. But to do that, you need to bring other people down and blah, yeah. blah, blah, and, you know, and then you can only, there's no one world government that you need to maintain the autonomy. But As there shouldn't be. Yeah. But on the other topic of China, you, did you see the stories about the super soldiers? No. Okay. Well, we, uh, we won't really super need to talk soldiers, about it so much, Colin? Yeah, because uh, you remember the, uh, the CRISPR baby that was made yes. in China underneath the radar from that one dissident... If um, you guys don't remember, he made a baby that's immune to AIDS. Yes, which seems like a miracle, doesn't it? A seems fucking, it's really a weird. super baby. Already, it's immune to AIDS. It's immune to AIDS. No AIDS. And so these stories came out, uh, let me see, last week. We'll go ahead and to pull this one up. super soldiers. Are you Again, NBC News. Kidding me? China has done human testing to create biologically enhanced super soldiers, says... U.S. official, top U.S. official. Washington United States intelligence shows that China has conducted human testing on members of the People's Liberation Army in hope of developing super soldiers with biologically enhanced cap- capabilities. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. You, okay, so I'm going to just, here's your totally free homework for, for the rest of the week because you're going to become obsessed with this situation. Um, because how can you not? What are what were they fucking with? Like, to, does it say like any type of specifics, or just that they were fucking with them? Um, using essentially CRISPR, so carry the CRISPR technology, which created the age, right. the age-free baby. Well, what just... else can you do? Can you can you boost muscle mass? I mean, of course, nobody really knows what actual experiments they're doing, but you can say without a doubt they definitely are. Well, so okay, so the idea behind CRISPR is that you can take one of the ideas behind it is that you can take the genes from other creatures, right, and implant them inside of human DNA. Because there are some things, you know, like octopuses and shit that can, like, regrow their arms and whatnot or, like, camouflage themselves. That's the idea is to be able to isolate that gene and then implant it within a human being. Because yeah. you got to remember, all life on Earth is just that far separated on our our genetic and DNA makeup. What like, if we're you not could, that dissimilar. What if you could find whatever gene it is inside of an ant that makes it ten times stronger? That's 
and like put that inside of a person. You know, that's a it's a thing. Oh, this is actually. Oh God, this is where Alex Jones's transhumanist um, kind of conspiracy. Chimeras. Yes, because that's what you would call a chimera, a mix between two you know, right, species. Right, right. Like that. And that's you know, so that's happening. By the way, have fun with that one. That was from your your mainstream NBC News. By the way, that's horrible. It's that's there's a horrifying. lot of articles on it. You can you can what read kills all a super soldier? Them. Can you shoot a super soldier and will it just die? Depends. Is that how that works? Have you got backup parts? Maybe you got you know who knows? Who knows what the possibilities are? They you can five get real... hearts. Whoa! I feel like there's a lot of you know biological things that would make that not necessarily possible uh, unless you boosted the other systems and the, you know who knows i don't have any service here so i didn't get whatever text message you were talking about okay um but yeah just you know i wanted that for your food for thought um so i'm trying to think what else was big in china news lately i think that was the biggest one because i remember that came out last week um but I just had to throw that in there because I knew if you hadn't seen that yet. Yeah. Well, no, and we, yeah, no, we, we got, we had the baby and stuff. That's why Jordan's not here. Oh yeah, work. So, so that was a uh, yeah, happy China times. Um, yeah. Any, oh, real, real quick, we got to hit Texas lawsuit, and then we'll get out of here. China soldiers. So, oh my God, <laughs> I, just, I broke you. I'm sorry. That's horrible. That is terrifying. <laughs> Might be your new hill to die on. Yeah, especially uh, <laughs> because in America, we're like, that's fucked up. Nobody should be using CRISPR. Yeah, okay, until China has a million people that are all fucking super soldiers. Yep. In America, we're still... And, and I'm not like, we need to be pushing for genetic altering. But I'm like, how how long do you sit on your moral high ground while you know that China is enhancing people's genes to make them harder to kill? How yep. long do you sit back and you're like, no, we can't do that because it's wrong? Because it's wrong. Well, it's happening. Yeah, well... That is why ethics and morality, or ethics, that's like, they call it in that's the scientific like world, ethics. The yeah, robot the that runs off of biological material. Yes. Like it consumes biological material, and that's how it powers itself. But that is. got to train it to make sure that its favorite flavor is dirt. That way it just eats the ground, though, and everything's safe. Can't survive in the city, though, so it's going to have to start eating, you know. That's people. fucked up, dude. <laughs> that's fucked up. I'm really Welcome to Black Mirror, everybody. I don't like that at all. <laughs> I don't like that at all. I love it when I can break your brain with something. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's horrible. Okay, so really, really quick. The reason why it's going to be real quick is because it's basically a nothing story anymore, but it was a massive story building up all last week. And this was one of the last – it was seen as like the last, the last effort the Trump campaign might have had to, you know, quote-unquote, steal the election, shift the election results to whatever and have Trump win. This was a, a lawsuit filed by the Attorney General of Texas, um, Ken Paxton, who also happens to be under fes- federal investigation for bribery or, you know, some, some weird stuff. Yeah. Um, but he filed the lawsuit on Texas' behalf, suing the states of Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, and Arizona about their election practices being um, essentially they – they did not follow the constitutional rules of their election within right. the state borders. You talked about this a little bit last episode about yeah. Pennsylvania. Yes, about Pennsylvania. Because this is kind of where it all stemmed was from the Sean Parnell lawsuit um, that he brought against the state of Pennsylvania along with someone else going after the unconstitutionality of Act 77. 
go back to the last episode, you hear me talk all about it. And this essentially takes a similar stance to that in a way, but more broadly, and it's more procedural at this point, saying that due to the fact that these states did not follow their election rules within the grounds of their own states, due to the fact that Texas is involved in the Electoral College just like they are, they are disadvantaged because they've had four swing states that, due to them not following the rules, potentially change the election, right? And so they submitted essentially a petition to the Supreme Court. That's what this lawsuit really was. It was a petition to the Supreme Court to he- have their case heard. Right, because that's the only way that a state can sue another state yes. in the Supreme Court. Yeah, and the reason why it was going to the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court has sole jurisdiction over conflicts between states. Now, this was going to be the big story. Every, it, was the, it was a massive question on everybody's mind. What was the Supreme Court going to do? Were they going to take it up? And then if they did or did not take it up, what was going to, you know, the outcome going to be? Um, and subsequently last night, the Supreme Court put out a statement to the effect of, actually, let me just pull it up and I'll show everybody on the screen. Boom. February, December 11th, 2020, order of pending case, Texas v. Pennsylvania, etc. The state of Texas motion to for leave to file a bill of Complaint is denied for lack of standing under Article Three of the Constitution. Texas has no de- has not demonstrated a judiciously cognizable interest in the manner in which another state conducts its elections. All other pending motions are dismissed as moot. So, in other words, the court saying that you just because you don't like the way a state is not following the laws of that state does not mean you can have the federal government come in and tell them how to meet the bounds of their their laws right period because the anyways the statement um from justice alito and thomas were the two justices that more or less uh, you know kind of uh voted in dissent on this situation even though it's not a full vote there's no dissents or anything like that but they did release a statement and said in my view we do not have discretion to deny the filing of the bill of complaint in a case that falls upon our original jurisdiction see Arizona versus California, so on and so forth. I would therefore grant the motion to file the bill of complaint, but would not grant other relief. I express no view on any other issue. So in other words, Alito and Thomas are saying that they don't think the Supreme Court should have just said, no, we won't hear the case. They more or less, they said we should allow them to file the complaint and then we could dismiss it because otherwise you're setting a bad precedent to the the fact that, well, you won't even hear the states out. Which, there's an argument to be had there, but at the end of the day, the point is moot. <laughs> and it was after this um, that we talked about that a state legislator in Texas said that on his Facebook, I believe, that he was going to introduce a referendum for people to be able to vote to for Texas to secede from the United States. Yeah. Which is, And it's important to remember, too, that the real worrisome part about this happened. is when this uh, suit originally came out, a number of number of other states, um, 17 other states, making it 18 in total. Um, essentially, you could use the colloquial term signed on in support of the suit, <coughs> along with a great number of Republican um, legislators throughout the country signed on to it too, over 100 of them. But then at the same time, you had another 20 states lining up in support of the defendants 
aka Pennsylvania, etc. And so, you know, there was a lot of lines being drawn, and it looked like it's just, it's never a good sign to see states lining up against other states. That's just no. You we get real uncomfortable with and that. That's and the too right, soon. Again, that's too what we're talking about. People talking about sides being drawn up, and yeah. I don't that's where like where land came from. Yeah, I don't like that type of. No, it's not good. No, I don't know. I just it's it's disconcerting. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> idea that we would. A civil war means you're doing battle with other Americans, you know, and yep. the fact that every every life that fought <coughs> was an American life at that point. I have to consider that there are people, not that I'm not prepared to defend myself and my family, but the idea that I would have to do that against potentially insurgents that are actually other Americans. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. That doesn't that doesn't make me feel good. I don't yep. want. Nope. I'm not interested in anything like that. And nor should anybody else be, because that's just, that's bad news, bad news, bad news. Yeah. So, but either way, the Supreme Court won't hear it. It's done. It's over. And let's talk about some takeaways from this. Yeah, let's do that. So I told you last last night, my biggest concern from it is the idea that, we talked about the Pennsylvania lawsuit last week, and there is definitely Mm -hmm. some legitimacy, I mean, a fair amount of legitimacy to the idea that the rules for an election should not be being changed, you know, willy-nilly, quote-unquote, without some type of law being passed. That's how that's supposed to be done. Most state constitutions require any major change to voting to the voting method be done via constitutional amendment. So the idea that that could happen based off of whoever is in the leadership seat at that time, mm-hmm. and there's essentially nothing anyone can do about it. Right, because if you don't have enough power supporting your own state against that, if the dominating power at the time has a majority of the influence in the state and the influence of the majority of the support, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing yep. another state can do about it because you're Nor not should able. Should they be allowed to have a say in what your state does? <clears throat> Which is again back to why the entire suit was dumb. But yeah, I know, and I guess I'm. I agree with that because I am a proponent of states' rights, but I'm we've kind of talked about concerned a with if you have a political party that has a sixty percent majority in yeah. in that state, and they're I don't know I don't want to come up with some hypothetical example, but they're doing something that really fucks over the minority forty percent, you know then that 40% has no way to defend themselves politically because they don't have enough influence in the state. Mm -hmm. And no other state is able to step in and try and do anything about it because the Supreme Court won't even hear the case. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. Because, again, I I, I am a proponent of states' rights, but the idea that you could be fucking over half, just under half of your citizenry and nobody can do anything about it is super concerning to me. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's one of those kind of inner battles you kind of have to square away with yourself. Be like, okay, so yeah, they're fucked. I got it. And that's a problem. They need to fix those things. Because the really funny thing about it, and I, I talked about it in last episode when I talked about Act 77, is that the these legislatures, these state-run, these state legislatures in these swing states are majority Republican. So that all of these voting laws and all these things that they should have had in place or they should have passed laws to yeah. make these things done were not done. They were not done, period, full stop. But the procedures were put in place anyways. These 
I'm just going to go ahead and say cowardly legislators chose not to fight these battles or not see that these battles needed to be fought in their own states before the election or while this was all being talked about because we've been talking about massive mail-in voting now for how long? Right. A better part of a year, especially Most since the of coronavirus. The year, yeah. which, I mean, I don't – so I have zero sympathy for these people. I have, I have none. I I'll talk a little bit more about that in my hill to die on this week, but yeah. when it comes to it, like I understand that there was there's some fuckery going on, and I do personally believe that the election in Pennsylvania was 100% done unconstitutionally. Period. I don't. There's no way to fix it because I'm not about to get in there until. Pennsylvania, what they can and can't do in their state and how they're going to uphold their laws or hold their laws. But those are state laws in their state. I get that. But I think a failure of the legislator to act or a legislature that is so corrupt that it chooses to pass these laws, because that's the other thing, Republican, especially with Act 77, it appears as if the Republican legislature knew that it was unconstitutional, knew they couldn't get that passed. And so they just passed it anyways without amending the Constitution because yeah. they wanted to get it by. And that's, you know, and that also, the fact that you would have these state legislatures supporting this bill in the states where they got elected kind of pisses me off even that much more. Yeah. You know, fucking hypocrites. I've been trying to do real good about not swearing this episode <laughs> and just in general. But those fucking hypocrites, they they deserve everything they got. They deserve to have their state, you know, their state election not go the way they wanted because whether it be corruption or ignorance, they have failed their states. And they have failed the rest of the country, and they need to be held accountable. And every state should be putting pressure on them to fix these laws. Yeah. I think it would be great if states were suing each other all the time if they, if they had hypocritical laws on the books and weren't following. Be like, you guys need to do this or change the law. Because if we are nothing, we are a nation of laws. And that's the way we are established. We can't have a bunch of arbitrary laws that nobody chooses to enforce. I mean, I get the, especially when you're talking about like cannabis legalization and all that stuff. Like I get, it's a totally different conversation on the federal level. But when it's state laws, like this is our shit. We, yeah. get, to, we get to do what we want to do here. States rights, people. We want these things. And when we have, we all have federal laws that are kind of general rules for all the states to follow to make sure nobody, you know, everybody's, you know, doing all right. None of the major things being broken. But other than that, you, you know, you can have California. That's fine. You can build yourself a failing state if you so want to, because that's your prerogative. Yeah. You know, you could do whatever you want. It's your state. I don't know where I wanted to end that, but I, little rant there. But I'm just, I'm fed up with these people. And I have zero sympathy for these people that are fighting to get those swing states to – because essentially they don't want to change the vote necessarily. They want the state legislatures to essentially declare that the election is in dispute. Right. And in these states, if the election is in dispute, the electoral votes go to essentially the uh, legislatures to appoint the electors, in which case they're Republican legislatures. And so those votes would go to Trump. But – it just, I got no sympathy, and it's over at this point. I don't see any way at this point that Trump could maintain 
you know, could find any way this to get around the, last, the election. Yeah. yeah, this was and the last shot. For those people, there's been a lot of, you know, stop the steal, the steal, the steal. Every single U.S. election is stolen from one side or another. That's what <laughs> – this is political warfare. This is yeah. how it's done. It's not the way it's supposed to be done. That's but our factionalization – and our division in our two major parties warring against each other, taking all these hardcore stands. This is political warfare. Yeah. This is every single party does everything they can. A lot of times it's below the board during election time to try to to try to win. Yeah. If you think that we've had super honest, unsus elections, you know, going back any you know, any time but now. This thing was, you know, no, man. It's always dirty, and it always has been, because our transparency in elections is disgusting. We do not have transparency. we got a hazy glass. That's our hazy. We can kind of see that there's people inside and moving around. But for God's sakes, it's 2020. You need to have actual transparency now. Like I want camera glass. live streams on every single you know person's desk looking zoomed in at at the ballots with no names on them or something. I don't know how to do it. but want to see the votes, bitch. That's, it's 2020. Yeah. There's no excuse to not have a 100% yeah. society-backed transparent election. Although it has to be run by governments, and governments suck at everything they do. Except for wage war. They're usually pretty good at that. Something to look forward to. Another peace deal in the Middle <laughs> East. Morocco, um, they officially recognized um, and have declared normalization, normal relations with the nation of Israel. So that is a <coughs> another massive step in the march towards peace in the middle east good for israel although we're about to tear that place up again thanks to our future foreign policy watch out libya yeah so anyway watch out got hills and then uh sportsies yeah do you want to go first sure since you're already on a, on a run I was pretty close to it but my if you want to slap a label on it. These are the hills to die on. Just so everybody knows, this is going to be the third or fourth episode in a row that we've done this. I yes. really like this uh, I really like this segment. Yes. This was a good one, Afi. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yep. So these are our hills to die on. If this is the first time you've heard the show, these are issues over the last two weeks that, I mean, as the name says, these are our hills to die on. We have yes. thought about it. We are. This is where we're at, and we will fight you to the end on it. So, Afi, what is your hill to die on? My hill to die on over the last couple of weeks has been the sanctity and transparency of elections. And like I said, it goes back to this Texas stuff. That's a good one. There is no way I can trust anything anymore as far as mainstream media goes, as far as government goes. If there's one thing I want to be able to trust in, it is that our elections are being done in good faith, right? And the only way to really do that is because we can't trust any other outlet we need to be able, as the people, to see that our votes are being counted, that they're being done right, that states are upholding, they're following the laws. You know, I, I do want states to maintain their, their own power and creating their own way they run elections. But I would love to have some kind of, you know, interstate, you know, representation where, you know, we can find best practices and we can we can have seminars with the government yeah. from other you know other states and think tanks who the fuck cares i don't really care at this point but like how you do it don't know but like i would love for everybody to try to find some best management practices for holding transparent elections that can withhold the faith of the united states people because if we don't have that 
we don't have anything. We can have distrust for the government, but we can't have distrust in how we install that government. Because if we don't have that, we don't have anything. Right. So that's where I'm dying this episode. No, I think that's a good one. Way, like, way, way early in the election, um, Josh Keaton asked me about... um, what you know what i thought about what was going on and blah blah blah. and that was one of the things that i said to him i said it's almost unfortunate that we don't have some type of federal standard for elections that like it has to be at least this legitimate you know because the fact that there can be so many different things going on and none of it has to really make any sense as long as you get the vote count that just nope. doesn't – that does not seem like the most efficient way to be doing it, especially as technology grows, as the population grows, as people's intelligence grows on a just a general level. Oh, yeah. This does not seem to be the best way to be doing this anymore. There has to be a better way to get this done. It has to be a better way. Yeah. You know, the fact that there is any kind of conversation about a legitimacy of a voting machine, the fact that that conversation can be had – with any air of skeptability, skepticism, yes, means that we should not have that. We period. have I should period. Have, full stop. I should have brought the newspaper. There was a guy in Michigan who was like a aerospace engineer or something, and he was an election monitor, and he was saying that the vote counting machines in Michigan, some of them were hooked up to Ethernet cords. They're hooked up to the internet. That's not good. No, they're not. There's no. Right. There's no reason that a vote counting machine is hooked up to the goddamn internet. And I'm yep. telling, I said that to Jordan last night. She's like, "Well, that's how they should be, right?" Hard and I, no. And I, I don't blame her, right? And that's, but that's, that's why we don't I, vote on. I cell phones. use that as an example of how much people don't fucking understand about the elections and how it happens. Because she's thinking that it's the machine that somebody votes on, and then like hands in or whatever. I was like, no. But even that, that shouldn't be hooked into the internet. I was like, none of, none of this should be on the internet. Nope. Yeah, it should be done with, you know, you could do it with like '90s level software. On a computer that would have been, you know, called a hunk of shit in the 19, you know, in 2000. Yeah. The computing power, that's all the computing power that would be required. Super simple. Not that difficult. But, you know, there's also a perverse incentive there because you have a private market that creates voting machines and sells them to governments around the world. And that's just, that's not good. Yeah. That's not good. (sighs) Yeah. So that's that's what I would like in the world. So that's that's I'm putting my flag here, going down. All right, Colin's last stand. My hill to die on this week. Um, let's see how do I word this? My hill to die on this week is a little bit of a message it's to the Democrats that voted for Joe Biden. That you guys need to watch Joe Biden and Kamala Harris like a hawk. Mm-hmm. Because the letter behind their names does not necessarily mean that they represent your values. Let me give you some an example of how Republicans were disappointed by Donald Trump, right? The easy way to say it is, in the last four years, there has been more federal gun regulation placed on America than in the eight years of Barack Obama. Pretty much, I think everybody would be surprised to hear that, right? We're talking about something. bump stocks. 
we're talking about uh, what's just happened with braces. That happened in 2018 that the letters were first sent out to SB Tactical saying that X number of braces were not approved, right? And these letters are just now being released by the ATF for people to see. We're talking about the raids on Polymer 80 that we talked about in the pre-show. You know, we're talking about what happened with Honey Badger. The ATF yep. is changing all these things at their discretion. Somebody who, again, is consistently talking about defending the Second Amendment and how the Democrats want to take it away and they want to do this. They want to ruin your Second Amendment. They don't even believe that you should have it. Is has allowed the ATF to do all of these different things. None of this happened while Barack Obama was in office. Over the eight years, none of these things happened. In four, we've already had these things be taken away. So... A few things that we can point out, right? Things we talked about. We just talked about Libya, right? Mm-hmm. Foreign policy. People running on, bringing the troops home. We want to end these foreign wars. I think that it would be very interesting to see, maybe not even federal troops, right? But now that we have somebody who just came off the board in Raytheon, I'd be interested yeah. to see how many defense contractors we have in these countries working on behalf of the United States, mm-hmm. right? And as we all know, we've talked about Eric Prince a lot, who's who mm-hmm. who has rallied to try and privatize the war in Afghanistan, right? We have talked about how extremely dangerous it is to even lessen the amount of oversight that we have over what's happening on behalf of our country in foreign nations. The idea that there is potential for that to be increased under a party that has run on the idea of bringing home foreign troops Mm -hmm. is extremely concerning to me. So there would be many things that I would... I would... um, implore all Democrats to watch Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to ensure that they are not actively working against the reasons that you voted for them. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Make sure that these people that you elected, make sure you're pushing them and trying to hold them accountable for upholding the values that you elected them to push forward. Right. And if they are not doing that, you need to call them out on the carpet. Call them out on the mat. Make sure... That they're doing what they promised to do. I mean, this is something you heard a lot in the early years of the, you know, the Trump presidency. Build that wall, that kind of stuff. Like fulfill your promises, and then he was trying to go down the list. Check, check, check. Trying Mexico is going to pay for it. Yeah, Mexico is going to pay for it. Yeah, that didn't work out so well. Um, but yeah, I like that. And even to those Republicans that hated Trump so much, they voted for Biden. Well, yeah. You need, you're doubly more responsible now. You need to make sure that your vote is, you know, stand behind your vote. Be careful what you wish for. That's right. Yeah. I think that is, I think that's a good message for everybody. Excuse me. Uphold that shit. I think this is the first time, I mean, the first time I can easily recall, but certainly in a very long time that we hit everything we said we were going to talk no, about. We're going to get better. Wow. Wow, 100 episodes in and we're finally doing it. We're finally doing it. Okay, so now uh, sports, sports. Okay, so we're out here. I'm going to try to pull up my fantasy real quick. Last week, the Seahawks lost to the fucking Giants. It was disgusting. Disgusting. Um, We played the Jets this week. If the Seahawks can't beat the fucking Jets. Mm Mm-hmm. If we are the one, I'm pretty sure the Jets still don't have one win. I'm pretty sure the Jets' record is still 0 and 13. Let's see, Jets' How record. How is that even possible? Yeah, it's pretty gross. The same way that last week was the first week the Steelers lost. 
They were 10 and 0, 11 and 0 or whatever until last week and they finally lost. Wow. It's horrible. Their 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 schedule is just cake. The Jets are oh, fucking yeah. terrible, but they also have a hard schedule, I believe. Yeah. So let's see. They generally do. Jets record. When I lived in New York, I was a Jets fan. Yeah. Just because, you know, you just pick one. You know, I was a Jets Mets fan. I was not a Yankees Giants fan. Because fuck the Giants. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, fuck the Giants. Manny um, Eli. And so let's see. It's week 13. It is indeed. First yep. week. Nope. Of They're winless. Week. They're 0-12. Hot dog. Or this is week 14. Yes. Yeah. Yep. First week of fantasy football. Nope. They're 0-12. They're 0-12. They have not won a single game. So <laughs> if we lose, then we deserve to lose. I am game. just... I'm going to freak the fuck out. Here's what I'll do. I'm going to have a bitch fit. Um, Yeah, so it was pretty bad. But I I look forward to this week. It should be good. Yeah, it should be good. On top of that, um, Oregon was was supposed to play UW this week. The game got canceled because so many people at UW have COVID and they can't field a full team. Yes. So there is no UW Ducks game this week, which fucking really sucks because that's always that's one of my shit. favorite games. Yeah. Always one of my favorite games. Not happening this week. So all I have to look forward to is fantasy playoffs. Um, this league that we're in is really the only one that I actually feel confident in. All okay. the other leagues, I'm like, I could win. But this one, I'm like, I'm fucking taking this. I want this so bad. So bad. I haven't won since the first year of this league. I've been the commissioner of this league for five years now. I yep. need to win again, right? <laughs> I'm pretty certain I need that this is this is year five of this league. See, um, I think we need to amend some rules next year because we always have this unwritten rule about paying back the commish. I so right, I feel which like is if the never... commissioner should win, <laughs> maybe he should, you know, should not. <laughs> which is funny because oh, just earlier today I was talking to Jordan. I was like, I don't even know that I'll give the runner-up their money back if I win. And she said, that's bad karma. And I was like, I know. Said, But I don't need, I don't know that I'll do it. But I feel, I feel like I probably will. Mm-hmm. But in that moment that I was holding the jar, that was really only 550 because I, like, you know, I got a little bit left. Yeah. I was like, I might do it. Like I might just keep all this and tell that person to eat a dick. <laughs> but I forgot that I have, yeah, I have got the the commission money back the last couple of years. But that's because it's honest. been Lacey and Casey, like a that's couple true. the last three years. So, well, and okay. Casey, Boston Casey didn't make it in. He's not in the playoffs, but yeah. Lacey is in the playoffs. She, Lacey is in the playoffs because she had 10 more points than Jordan overall over the season, right? So the tiebreakers to get into the playoff for the seeding mm-hmm. was points overall over the season. Jordan, Lacey, Isaiah, and like three other people all had the same record because of the way this shit played out last week. And I was like, oh, you're going to be in because you have more points than Isaiah and you won by more points than Isaiah won by. And so you're all going to be good. I didn't look at Lacey's game. Lacey scored 10 more points, beat Jordan into the playoffs by 10 fucking oh. points. Savage. Oh, mm. it was horrible. Jordan battled to get to that towards the end of the season. Bro. Yeah, horrible. I felt terrible. Um, but it is what it is. So I'm trying to take that seven home. Okay. I had like this strange idea I was trying to work out in my head. Oh, sorry. If, you know what I'm saying? Because it'd be one thing if 
if you were somebody that just happened to be wicked good at fantasy or whatever it was and you constantly won as yeah. the commissioner, I was like, there'd be a cool thing. Like, let's say if you did not choose to give the second place person their money back, right? Yes. Um, what if instead of that rule being like the thing, because, I mean, let's be real here. There ain't, there ain't no points for second place. We're winners and losers. <laughs> right. Right? So instead of everybody giving back the money to the second place guy what if we put back the we put back that money that second place person's money back into the jar to make the you sweeten the pot for next year Ooh, right but mind you it, it cancels itself out right then right. and there it's always just you know one extra person's money in there. yeah but well so chad Piazic was at my house earlier this week for dinner and to chop up his fantasy money. And we were talking about the league and, you know, different stuff we're going to do. And so I want to try out some different stuff next year. I want to, I want to try out you Yahoo instead of ESPN. There's been a lot of people that had, had issues with the app this year oh, yeah. since I updated ESPN. So, um, yeah, at least six people I've had. I've done the Yahoo one one time, I think. Did you like I Yahoo didn't have a couple the, years ago? Yeah, that was my first ever yeah. time in fantasy. So there's learning clear. But I remember it being very simple and easy to use. Yeah, so I think we'll try Yahoo. Um, there was something else that Get I wanted to do. I, I'm going to try again. I really don't want kickers anymore. I'm really sick of that shit, but I understand I've won games off kickers this year. So mm -hmm. I understand the benefit to it, but I also am so fucking sick of dealing with them that I do. Oh, I'm going to add a bench spot. We're going to have one more bench spot next year for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and that then would be nice. Chad said that he would Just really, because the amount of people we have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Chad said he would really like to see the pot be larger yeah chad so said how do we really like for it to be a cool grand and i have slow this is the first year that i haven't raised it that i haven't raised the buy-in mm -hmm. so it's only it's been 700 the last two years next year we're definitely going to go to 60 dollars for sure yep. and we'll add another 140 bucks it'll be the league of 840 dollars and we'll see how everyone feels about that you know and the following year will be 980. You know, we'll be just just shy of a thousand dollars if we're all putting mm -hmm. in 70 bucks. You know what we need to do? We need to find enough people that we could potentially field, you know, two full leagues, and then we create an actual commissioning body. Yeah. With um, you a know, board. a number of members. You know, say like yes. three members from each of the leagues. Yes. Including the top commissioner spot as the tiebreaker on the top. Yes. And then we can, ha and then that combined, then there's there's multiple leagues running, right? So, but then you just think of each of those leagues as essentially separate divisions. Right. Right. right? And then and then the people whoever who wins. then whoever makes it into the playoffs mm -hmm. in both leagues are in one league together next year, and the remainders are in the second yep. league. It's like a winners and losers league almost. Yep. And then even then. Oh God, that's a good idea. Yep. And then. Even then, that pot still only goes to the winner of the. Oh, see, that would be the problem. Because then there's two pots that you got to deal with. But realistically, it would be one because we're creating the grand commission over top. But how do you? Because it would be yeah. tough if you did the only. Because then you'd need the two players, the top players from each division. And you can't just do whoever scores the most no. points between those two winners. No. You know that doesn't seem like a fair way to do it. That's a good. Okay, what so about overall points through through the, the season, season or something, yeah, we would have it to come up like with our own tiebreakers of yeah. like record most points, yeah, and then it would have to be we could almost do a ratio of points for versus points against. 
how bad did you beat your opponents and yeah. how difficult were your opponents. Yeah. Take that percentage. So, but then we need man. We need the commission to come Ooh. up with. We need to the commission to write down those bylaws as yeah. how we run the overall yeah. league. Because if we got divisions. two more people, then we could have two eight-man leagues, mm-hmm. and then the teams in an eight-man league are stacked, fucking stacked that in eight money. men. Yeah, and so everybody has fat-ass teams. That would that is a decent. That's a good idea. Because you just double your money at that point. Yeah. That's a good idea. I think we can do that. Yeah, we can downsize the league, get a few more people in, and we can create a different style. Yeah. We might be accidentally starting like a gambling ring, but that's okay. Well, so um, <laughs> How does... Jordan's best friend Kaylee is, um, is married to a guy named Scott, right? Mm-hmm. And Scott is actually in a 40-man league that does something similar to what you're talking about. That's four 10-man leagues okay. that all – so I will – maybe I'll pick Scott's brain about like how do mm-hmm. you guys figure this out in the playoffs? Like how do you – who? what's the winner winner? Yep. But I know they also do like a whole weekend of drafting. Like he goes away for a weekend. They live in Florida now. He flies back here. For the weekend, for the fantasy draft, yeah, oh, bro, yeah, to throw this because it's like oh, yeah. several hundred dollars that he's putting into mm-hmm. the pot to this big league. So, that yeah, is, yeah, and you know, the nice thing is you can essentially recruit other leagues that would like to participate. Yeah, and then you just you get representatives from their league onto the board. Well, and we're finally at a at a size of the league now where like everybody's committed. Like we've weeded out everybody who doesn't give a shit. Everybody yep. is still setting their lineups every week. Everything is mm-hmm. like it's competitive. I'm a big fan of this concept. Man, that's a fucking good idea, bro. I'm full of them too. That's bro. a good Look idea. Episode ninety nine got me on fire. I'm gonna start talking to people about that as I see that's a them. cool idea. What do you think about separating yeah. into two leagues that feed into how fun would it be to sit there and like chop it up on the council to try to come up with these these rules? That seems really fun. Oh my it's like god! Creating a little mini government. Like oh my god! <laughs> that's I'm beaming. That's such a fucking good idea. That sounds a like. Oh, a lot that's of fun such a too. good idea. Right? So and I love that so much. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, oh, okay. So Colin and I are both in the playoffs. Who are you playing this week in the playoffs? You're playing the comeback kid. That's Jordan. Yep. Jordan A. I have gone to school with him since at least the third grade. Yeah. Damn, third grade all the way through school. Damn. We went through elementary, junior high, and high school together. Yeah. Jordan Almodovar. Oh, whoops. Oh, well. I don't give a shit. I'm sure he doesn't care either. He's in the league. He's Talk cool. Time. Yeah. No, he doesn't care. So, um, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, this is it's going to be a tough, tough one for He has man. a good squad. He has a fuck I beat him by like point 2 points or whatever. That's oh, yeah. the guy that like just his kicker had I he needed one more point to beat me. I beat him by like point 2 points. It's, I think I played bro. I've played him once before, I believe. And yeah. I believe that I fucked on him hard. But I think you have it was a good because squad. It, it was a it was early on and I had the dream team going and I'm pretty sure he was like he got like super screwed by an injury, by injuries or something like that, and some yeah. people like dropped out partway through the game. I think he got really screwed, but I think I ran a train on him the first time. So you we'll have find a good out. Squad, and you have a, like some good matchups, dude. Even last week, last week's game, I had, dude, my bi- that was like the worst bye week I had. I had like four bye weeks I had to fill, right, and injuries, right. and every- so I had to do some crazy maneuvers and try to get trades and blah blah blah, and I picked up a bunch of and I. 
I I barely I mean I didn't lose as nearly as bad as I thought I did or yeah. I was going to. It could have been devastating, but I kept my my points average still pretty high, which was nice, you know. Yeah. I like to keep that that statistic continually going, but yeah, like I got Kirk Cousins going up against um, Tyler Murray, which is you know a thing, but you know because because Minnesota's playing Tampa Bay, and that's not I don't think that's a great matchup for you know what it is. And then the I mean Arizona ain't great, but they're going against the Giants, so there's probably some points to be had there. The Giants' defense is tough, bro. That's what got us last yeah. week is that their defense is actually good. Their offense is for shit. Yeah. But if they can keep you off the field for long enough. So it's not necessary. So I got a little bit of hope there then at least. But I just worry about Tampa. Well, and then even it doesn't really matter. But how's the Tampa Bay's defense? I mean, I used to have them it's as good. my defense. I it's lost good. them during that bye week shuffle. But yeah. um, now I got the Raiders' D, so, yeah. which isn't great. And they're so, going up against the – Indianapolis Colts. Just just to give everybody their credit, this is the way that our playoffs weighed out. I am playing Morgan in the first round. The cool thing, just as a sidebar, the cool thing if we had two eight-man leagues, we could still make it six-man playoffs, so there's still two losing teams, mm-hmm. like just real fucking hardcore losers, you know? And then the two winning teams or the top teams in each playoffs would have a first-week bye. And so the first week of the playoffs, you don't even have to field it. You don't play anybody. Mm-hmm. You just your team just goes, and then whoever wins in the other two games, you play them in week two, and then so that's like even a reward thing, you know, that week one mm-hmm. you're shoe into week two, which yeah. is so. I mean, something this, to consider. I mean, this concept, especially if we decide that that percentage base is how we would base it. Like yeah. we could, we could do whatever we wanted, you know that way i mean we could look at a whole ranking system for how everybody did as a whole that way yeah we would have to come up with a third metric yep. right because if we did yeah the percentage of like how bad you beat your opponents or how like mm-hmm. it would be essentially how how difficult your schedule was yeah how many points you had against you against the percentage of how many points you did um and then the record we have to come up with one more metric yep. so that whoever had the better of the three you know two of the three is yeah. the winner overall winner of the full week so we would have to just think of a third metric. Yep. Not a problem. Yeah. We'll get the brain trust together. Okay. And we're so going to have to come up with a legit, a more legit league name. Not that there's anything wrong with the no, league No, no, you're totally right. And that's just been a filler this whole time. I don't have I don't have a good league name, and nobody has, um, like, pitched one to me that I've been like, that's it. So I've just been going with however much money we have yeah. every year. It would have so. to be, we'd have to necessitate its creation at the first board meeting. Yeah. And we oh, could, man. we, we got to get a gavel, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And then we'll meet at the bar if we're ever allowed back in bars. A gavel. And then, I'll get and a, then proper, funk, funk, funk. a proper belt because I got a weight belt that I was going to turn into a championship belt. And then COVID happened and I was lifting, so I just started using it as a weight belt. So oh, now yeah. it's all sweaty and gross, so I got to use a weight belt to make it into a championship belt. But that's the thing we're doing. So I'm super jazzed about this. Hey, so so there was one other matchup that I'm super excited about I just yes. wanted to say real quick. It's, we were just talking about the Jets versus the hawks is yes. this week right the hawks is bro tyler lockett is wide receiver against the new york jets yeah, i feel is going be to be one. that right there i need that to happen that's my if tyler lockett starts fucking on him and i just am racking up those points i feel i'll feel really good about my chances that could be a game winner right there yep. yeah so we'll see about that but other than that yeah I, it's projected 128 to 138 right now um i'm a little advantaged right now because 
his running back, Daryl Henderson Jr., uh, pulled a whole uh, .5 points. That's because Cam Akers went fucking bonkers on Thursday yeah. night. He had like 120-something yards. And... I saw you out there tweeting. Oh, yeah. Cam Akers went bonkers. It was dope. I like that shit. Good stuff. Good stuff. So what are you what are you looking at this this week? Yes. Morgan? So Morgan, this week I'm going to go over the puffs real quick, and then I'll go over my matchup with Morgan. Okay. Um, me and Morgan, Chad and Cody are playing you and Jordan. Um, Jordan Omidovar, and then we have Lacey and Casey, not Boston Casey, Casey Bullman, who's been on the show before, Case Bulls. Um, Case Bulls is projected for 149, and Lacey is projected for 126. So that is going to be a tough, tough matchup. That's yeah, a tough um, one. Let's see. And My both of them are nasty, man. So, like, you squeak by or you, or you dominate or whatever, however you get your W, if you get your W, you're walking into another heavyweight championship yes. match. Yes. I don't feel like it's the same situation on my side of the, the bracket this year. Um, so let's see. Even though here. we're the winner's bracket. And, dude, you're going to – oh, man, you got Russ to uh, – Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah we'll I'm not that excited later. about that. Russ is – Russ do be going off. Um, so that's my biggest concern. And the way that I draft, you know, I'm a late quarterback drafter. So – this year has been particularly tough for me. I have Matt Ryan going, and Julio's not playing. And when Julio doesn't play, he does, like, shit. Oh, my other boy. quarterback is Matt Stafford, which is not much better. Um, so I'm not excited about that. I do, however, have Chris Carson, who's playing the Jets. So that should be a fucking great, yep. great matchup. <laughs> David Hopefully Mon- not too great, and most of them are long bombs to, you know, lock it. <laughs> uh, not worried about it. David Montgomery has been playing really well, and he's playing Houston, who has a traditionally – Horrible run defense, so that should be really nice. Um, and then Zeke looked pretty good last week, and he's playing against Cincinnati, so hopefully he's mm-hmm. able to do well. And then in the same matchup that you were talking about, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, I have Adam Thielen, who's like the number one wide receiver right now, some shit like that, top five for sure. He's doing fucking <laughs> great, so hopefully that will do a lot of points for me. And now I have you, been you Thielen pretty good, don't you? Thielen pretty good, exactly, yeah. Um, and I have oh. the Saints D, who was doing terrible in the beginning of the year. Yeah. And ever since I picked him up, they've been scoring consistent points. I've You're won, welcome. I've won two matchups off the Saints defense. I think I started with the Saints D. And I think I you did, Tampa yeah. Bay. Yep, I have been winning. I have won two matchups just off of the Saints defense. It has been Sometimes great Sometimes that defense for me. comes in handy, man. I took the chance on them the first week. I was like, I don't know, like it could be worse. But, yeah, the last – Let's see, the last five weeks, 17, 15, 17, 15, and 8. So I have won two different matchups off of that. I'm a big fan. Yeah, the first couple weeks, 18, week 1, and then 3, minus 3, 6, 2, then by week 3, 7, and then the first week I picked him up was against Tampa Bay, 17, and that's how I won the matchup with my defense because they played against Tom Brady. He played like shit, Dude. and they had a touchdown and picks. It was beautiful, and I've been riding him ever since then. Man. And this week they're playing Philadelphia. That's fucking great. Next week they're playing Kansas City, which sucks assholes. Yeah. But we'll be all right. So I'll probably try <laughs> and pick up, right. I'll probably try and pick up another defense next week, um, because anybody playing Kansas mm-hmm. City is not. That's no good. Unless they can get like a pick six or something like that, there's no chance. Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for three touchdowns probably. You know, there's yeah. Maybe thirty points going on. That's yeah. That's no good. So. I don't know if you've seen this. If you go to the fantasy cast part, it shows you like a win probability now, which I really don't like. 
<clears throat> yeah, I know. Well, I noticed that on the app. Yeah, I don't like yeah, that at all. The percentage. Yeah, not no? a fan. No, it that doesn't. I Is don't. Is it want... not working in your favor? Or it, no, I have a fifty-five percent chance win probability. I just don't like that it shows that. That just doesn't. I mean, it shows it anyways. I want to feel score, scared. But... <clears throat> Too much confidence is not good. Okay, that's that's point well taken. Yeah. So, you got any more matchups you're interested in, like that? Nope. That's okay. it. That's my like, whole. That's uh, my whole squad. I wanted to bring up the fact that I think it's super dope that we, all three of us, you know, between Morgan, you, and myself, yes, have a serious interest in the Hawks. <laughs> fucking on the Jets this yes. week. I'm so excited about yes. it. We, all of our futures hinge on the Hawks taking a hard W. Are you going to actually watch the game this week? I'm really busy tomorrow. I don't know. Oh. I got to go move furniture tomorrow. Oh, week. And it's a one o'clock game. Well, you should so. listen to it. Put it on the radio. I will listen I'll, to I'll it. I'll throw yeah. some seven ten on. Yeah, that should be a good one. Yeah, it'll be a lot of driving and stuff too. Oh right? man. And then you you know when I'm at the the Madre's house and stuff moving furniture, I think she still has a, a, a TV up, so there I think I can we might throw the game on while that's yeah, happening. Yeah, it'll be worth it. It'll be a good one. I always like Dax is into football now. He even can sign football, right? Which is pretty cool. Um, that is dope. But laces. Yeah, as long as I'm sitting on the floor, he's cool to watch football. He'll sit like in my lap or between my legs and just mm-hmm. kind of lean back watch game yeah. um but it's always better when the hawks play at one because he goes down like right when the game starts and then he's waking up usually at the tail end of it yep. so he's awake and like jazzed enough to watch football that he'll tolerate the last few minutes of it and then we'll usually go and do something on sundays you know tomorrow we're gonna go to the mall so yep. we'll hang out in the morning after i go home from work and then we'll watch the game and it's great most definitely I'll usually let him whatever watch whatever he wants but Sundays for football. It's football in our house, and that's how I live my life, and so that's how that's my family how I live my lives life. their life. It's that's football right. on Sundays, um, so it's good. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. This is going to be a good, yeah, good first rounder. We forgot to hit it um, during the show, like we always do. But please leave us ratings and review if you're listening to the show. We really need to just set the timer. We really we just do. need to set a thirty-minute timer. We did good having yeah. a, a a an intro yes. with it, yes. which we we haven't been. You doing. did an excellent job. Yeah, big fan of that. Um, but yeah, we need to do it one more time. Yeah. So, if you're listening to this, if you're watching on YouTube, leaving us leave us a rating and review. Give us a thumbs up, a comment on the YouTube video. That is huge for us. Huge, um, huge, yeah. huge, so huge, huge. Thumbs that up. Is the biggest thing. If you're watching any of the and shorts, huge shout out to zach because he's my homie and he got up in the comments you know yes. and that's super awesome so i'm gonna get in them comments after we wrap up today so and i'm gonna be doing that a lot more on these youtube videos um you know there's been a lot of craziness going on with the house and this that and the other thing and then the covid thing and you know the whole thing kind of got crazy but we're kind of normality has been restored and so yeah you know we're gonna be hitting those clips and stuff on the youtubes i'm thinking we did it once before. I'm going to keep doing it. The sports segment is always Good. going to be a clip. Yeah. Always going to be – or, no, we're going to call them shorts now because, you know, um, Larry the Tax Guy says shorts is the shorts. way to be. And Larry the Tax Man is Larry the Tax Man. So I'm going to listen to him and take his <laughs> advice because he makes people money. So yeah, why not? Um, and then we're going to start the league. So that's going to be that's going to be a thing. That's going to be great. I'm that's so going to be really good. We could probably – I bet – we could probably get Larry in there and just take his money. He said he's terrible at fantasy football. We'll just take his money every year. So, if, Larry would take it serious. If you're listening to this, Larry, let us know if you're interested in a two-tiered eight-man fantasy league. That's such a fucking good idea. How many I'm people so do we have now? Jazzed. We have four teams. So we need we two more. We only need two more. That is cakes. That's super That's easy. That's cake to pick up. We could probably get uh, – let's get Jake on the hot seat too. 
I think the Hinkley. No more Team Jam. Yeah, we need we need separation here. Mm-hmm. We're di- we're divorcing Team Jam. Yeah, they got their <laughs> house squared away. They're married. They're not having kids anytime soon. So Jake's got time. Yeah, football. You want it, baby? Football time. If you're listening, Jake, football time. And then yeah, with Larry and Jake added to the pile, we are in business. Oh man, that's good. Yep. And if Larry's the only one drafting over the phone, I would do that. That's I. There was one year we had three people drafting over the phone, and I'll never do that again. Yeah. But I would do one. I would do one, especially if it's an eight-man league. Yep. I would do one person over the phone. That's easy enough for me to handle. Mm-hmm. Fourteen teams. I cannot help anybody else with their team. There's yep. way too much shit for me to try and focus on to make sure that my shit is legit. Yep. But we'll say the doing the uh, over the internet, the online drafting this year due to COVID and stuff actually worked out pretty good. I think. Yeah. You know, there were some people chatting shit in the comments. We had some good times, and there's an automatic counter. You know, yeah. I love doing it in person. But we if could, we're gonna grow, that might be uh, yeah, more of a special. We could occasion. maybe even kick it in like barbecue and shit, but still do the draft oh, on right. our phones. You know? Oh yeah, that might be. Uh, Don't worry, we'll have lots of power strips. Yeah, <laughs> that might be the way to do it. We get, yeah, fun. that's a good idea. We all we'll also have U- Yahoo next year, you know, so it'll be a little yep. better. So we'll see we'll see what's up. But people like the live drafts, doing it in person. It's and fun. Shit. When it, like I said, if it's two AP, if it's two eight man leagues that are in the same area, that will be a quicker, easier draft. Yeah. It won't be as hard because there'll be better players towards the end. So yep. it won't be as hard to be picking people. I think that's a good idea. I'm excited to talk to Jordan about that. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Yes. Yeah, so thank you, for everybody, for watching. Uh, if you're on the shorts, then obviously this is on our Instagram or on our YouTube. Salt of the Streets. Instagram is Salt of the Streets. Facebook is Salt of the Streets. We have our own personal social media. I'm at Salt of the Street on Twitter, Salt of the Streets on Parther. And at alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. He's a big bird offie on all of those things. You can find all of this on saltofthestreets.com. We have our Venmos, our, all that shit. If you want to buy t shirts, um, this is the line if you want a free t shirt. It appears the Blorgons have developed the ability to take on human form. Not the Blorgons. The Blorgons. 